we have a treat for you tonight we're going to try something that hasn't been done before to my knowledge we're going to translate one language into another and it's not uh, chinese into english or anything that would be easier we're going to actually try translating science science language into commonly used english that us regular people use all the time and we're going to do it not just for a language exercise we're going to do it for a really important topic because you know the the word is that we've been getting they're planning a new wave of the virus that's going to be really bad and terrifying anytime now and new lockdowns are coming according to uh not just Biden but other people around the world have said that uh the chinese have apparently not the chinese people but the people who took over their government have announced that five years of lockdowns just to keep them safe and a lot of other uh, world leaders have been talking about that so when we want to understand what's going on with the pandemic and what's legitimate and what isn't and what means what we need to look at two things in the very beginning one is to understand the virus how it was discovered and to what degree it's been proven to exist and not just proven to exist but proven to cause a specific disease that's identifiable known as covid-19 and the other is since all of the pandemic is based on the number of cases and all the cases are are basically determined by variants of the pcr procedure not the pcr test because there isn't such a thing um we need to see what that's about and i thought uh i want to get somebody great who understands both of the languages that we're using tonight and not just any virologist but one who really understands from many angles what's going on and can speak common language and we're both going to try to do that at a normal pace so that you guys are all included this is not a show for just the experts this is for everybody because this affects your life and education of everybody learning to keep themselves informed is really critical because if the people become conscious in the middle of this consciousness test of humanity that we're all in the middle of then you once you become aware you just can't follow suicidal orders anymore and we don't have a situation where people are involved obeying the tyrants and helping to kill society and humanity and saying well i didn't know any better i was just following orders you know one of the reasons people do that now is we're taught that common sense is been overruled uh 
by real science. So logic no longer applies. Common sense doesn't apply because the experts don't even need that. They've got science and we want to take care of that little issue too. So I invited the best person I could think of to help us with that. Dr. Judy Mikovits, the author of Plague and Plague of Corruption and Ending Plague and uh, has done a lot of incredible work for many years. She's been on the show before. And uh, it's just exciting to have a reason to have her back on. She's a good friend. So welcome, Dr. Mikovits. Nice to have you here. Thanks so much, Richard. It's good to be back. So I thought as a vehicle to help this happen, I was looking back through the articles of a guy that's been writing about this issue since the beginning of the terrible pandemic that has caused so much massive destruction in the world. And you guys may have heard of him. His name is John Rappaport. He was on the show a long time ago. Um, He's pretty busy with his own stuff now, but he's done a lot of great writing. And I printed out something that he wrote, put together, I think it was in September of 21, earlier in the pandemic. And it's about the virus, what proves that it exists, and what proves that it causes COVID-19, and what's COVID-19, since we're going to prove that. These are really critical issues, and we've been taught to never question authority. That's a deadly habit. And so um, we don't want to be victims of that or perpetrating it. So I'm going to, I thought a nice way to do this, and Dr. Mikovits agreed, is for me to read parts of this and I'll, we'll just stop periodically and get her uh, response and explain what's going on and what I read to you. And then I'll have some commentary too. So here we go as a start. Um, first thing that John put out, is um, something called a Statement on Virus Isolation, SOVI for short, or we're not going to use science language, Statement on Virus Isolation. And isolation, you know, you're, you're told that you're, ju- you're just a regular person, you don't even have 10 PhDs, you can't understand what isolation means, and that's not true. Our first example, isolation, if you want to say that there's a microorganism like a virus, which is a really small microorganism, even compared to bacteria, and you want to say that it exists, you've got to get it from somewhere, ideally from a person you have this who has the sickness that you say this virus causes, and then you have to get everything else out of the mix, so it's just the virus, and then you can play with it and see what you can find out about it. So here's what he says. Actually, he's quoting the statement on virus, viral isolation by Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Tom Cowan, and Sally Fallon Morell, who wrote a great book called um, Cowan and Morell wrote, was it the Contagion Myth? It was a very interesting book. So here's what it says. Isolation, colon, the act of isolating, the fact or condition of being isolated or standing alone, separation from other things or person, solitariness. That is from the Oxford English Dictionary about what isolation means. It's really common sense. It just means getting something by itself so you know what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, The controversy over whether SARS-CoV-2 virus has ever been isolated or purified continues. And we've heard a lot of great doctors who have done wonderful work saying it doesn't matter. And I'm, I'm saying there's a reason it's really important. It matters a lot. However, using the above definition, common sense, the laws of logic, and the dictates of science, any unbiased person 
must come to the conclusion that the SARS-CoV-2 virus has never been isolated or purified, which is basically the same thing. As a result, no confirmation of the virus existence can be found. The logical, common sense, and scientific consequences of this fact are the following. The structure and composition of something not shown to exist can't be known, including the presence, structure, and function of any hypothetical spike or other proteins which are supposedly part of the virus. Two, the genetic sequence of something that has never been found cannot be known, although there's lots of uh, announcements that it's been already figured out. Three, variants of something that hasn't been shown to exist cannot be known. This is really important, you guys. I hope you realize that. Probably not giving it the dramatic emphasis that it needs, but these are critical for understanding what's going on with the pandemic. Four, it's impossible to demonstrate that SARS-CoV-2 causes a disease called COVID-19 if it can't be isolated. And the disease isn't defined either, which is a problem. Um, in as concise terms as possible, here's the proper way to isolate characteristics and demonstrate a new virus. First, one takes samples of the of fluid from p- infected people, like 500 people, not one or two, with symptoms that are unique and specific enough to characterize an illness. Oh, we don't really have any of those people, but there are some that could be used, you know, with breathing problems and the syndrome that came up in New York City and Milan, Italy, and I think it was Milan and places like that, Central America. Difficulty breathing, lungs operating fine, but no oxygen transfer between the air and the lungs and the the, uh, blood going through them. That was kind of a typical syndrome, and it was assumed that that was A, a virus, and B, it was the SARS-CoV-2 virus. So you take samples of fluid from those people with symptoms that are unique and specific enough to to characterize an illness without mixing these samples with any tissue or products that also contain genetic material. The virologist macerates, filters, ultracentrifuges, purifies the specimen. The common virology technique done for decades to isolate bacteriophages, uh, and there's references to all this stuff, and so-called giant viruses in every virology lab, then allows the virologist to demonstrate with electron microscopy, thousands of identically sized and shaped particles. These particles are then are the isolated and purified virus. I don't know how often you'd like me to stop, Dr. Mikovits, but any time. Oh, I mean. Yeah, we could we could stop there. I've taken enough notes to start there. <laughs> okay. Sure. I mean there's there's a lot to get through, but that's the first little bit. Well, that yeah, because if we if we don't stop there, um, we won't. Uh, <laughs> you know, my, thing, and things that the challenge here is that things we take for granted, not just long words, but processes right. like right. Uh, centrif- centrifuging. Right. Why? Why that's central to isolation and things like that. Well, you know, it's fun, Richard, that you've given me. Um, this opportunity, because this is essentially our entire book, um, Ending Plague. And it's the first time in any of this that 
Luke, uh, uh, Frank Rossetti weighed in, and Frank mm-hmm. Rossetti wa- and Bernie Poise were the first people to isolate disease-associated human retroviruses, a causative retrovirus. So what I'm going to do first is I'm going to go show you SARS, because both Luke Montagnier and Frank Rossetti um, isolated disease-associated retroviruses, and I appreciate what they're saying. And I did all of that work. I'm the, I was the, the hands. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the uh, auto mechanic from hell. You I take right, in, right in the laboratory. <laughs> I, I did nothing else in the lab, and neither did Frank Rossetti for 40 years. Luke Montagnier, bless his heart, um, um, wasn't in the laboratory. It was Francois who shared the Nobel Prize. So who does the actual isolation matters. And and mm-hmm. and um and again, um neither of the three people or even John Rappaport that ever wrote the book um ever isolated a virus. And I've done yeah. it my entire life. And I'll go on and I'll show you that. Yeah. And lots of them. So you're the perfect person so, for this. Yeah. Yeah. We're the per- and then Frank obviously if you know, founded the field and, and it, it has a lot to do with it. So I'm going to start with SARS-CoV-2 and then I'm going to go because I love John Rappaport because um, he was saying the same thing in HIV. And that's what we were saying in HIV. Frank Rossetti, Luke yeah. Montagnier, me. That's what Plandemic says. That's what this game is, is all about. And this I, is... I, I want to interject one thing without losing the train of thought here and that's that there are many themes that these things illustrate Mm -hmm. one of the themes about modern medicine is the idea of having people diagnosed with a condition that requires a a damaging treatment and then when the person dies of the damaging treatment blaming it on the disease and calling that confirmation and i had friends that were uh, officially killed by aids that were actually fine until they took the medicine and then they were killed by the AZT. Correct. Did you see Plandemic? Uh, I don't think I've seen it. Plandemicseries.com. Yeah, I want to. And and we'll we'll talk about it because it really matters um in there. But in and that that you exactly what you're saying, um all of science has been changed. You know, since, um, let's just say more or less 1984 when Tony Fauci, um, found himself in charge of the NIAID. And that just happens to be 1984? Yes. <laughs> Interesting. It, it gets worse. So, so okay. I'm just going to start with, um, um, the first thing you said before we get to SARS CoV 2 and the disease, um, right. is, this isn't about science. This is scientism. You know, scientism is the cult that that the that the the perpetrators at the top are are um and it's been that way, you know, since Fauci. It, it's a cult. Yeah. And, and the this is Patrick Wood's work, and I know we're gonna talk next week. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna say that that this is we've said from the beginning this is and always has been propaganda masquerading as science and and the reason i call it a pandemic so i'm just going to share this screen and i'm going to show the the powerpoint 
that um, that I gave um, in Michigan. And I'm just going to start with the very first thing. And, and this is the isolation and does the virus exist? Well, yes, SARS-CoV-2 exists. In the slide you see here, it's a monkey virus. It was grown, and I show you the Journal of Virology paper from 2004. And so what they show you in the title, and we don't need to worry about it, retroviruses pseudotyped. That is, you take the guts of a virus and you put a different hat on it, the spike protein. So um, so you pseudotype. You put... Um, uh, a spike protein that will efficiently infect cells with the ACE2 receptor binding domain, which HIV and XMRV infect all cells, but HIV does not. Um, and we show that here, it, 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 I'm just showing you the abstract. So this was received February of 2004, and it was published May 28th of 2004. And all the usual suspects are in there. It's interesting. There's a little Germany, and there's a little China. There's the AIDS Research Center at Harvard, um, again. And, 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 and John's exactly right. John Rappaport is exactly right in what he was saying, and I'll go back to that. But clearly, here is the virus on the left-hand side. What they showed is the simian immune deficiency virus, um, that they were growing in the Vero E6 cell. See it right there in the yellow? I'm going to just read this. Here we show that simian immune deficiency virus, SIV, pseudotyped with several codon-optimized S-protein variants. That means you change a base pair or two in order to change the infectivity or, or in order to change the causation of the disease. So uh, how, what it will do to the immune system. You're explaining gain-of-function research. Basically. I am, but, and, but I'm also explaining to you that, number one, the, the virus absolutely exists. It's a monkey virus. It's SARS-CoV-2. It was made in Vero E6 cell line. I created the Vero E6 clone. If anybody wants to know what a clone means, a clone is what I do is I take that cell line and I do a limiting dilution. I put 10,000 cells and then I go one to what? 10, one to two, one to two, one to two, one to two, or one to 10. And I get it down to numerically where there is in limiting dilution analysis, only one cell per well. And I put it in a 96 well plate that has 96 little wells that carry about a couple hundred microliters of fluid, one cell per well. And that, that cell, I then grow up and see what the virus doesn't kill. And, and the, the, the clones, the way the 96-well plate, it goes 
um, one through 12 across the top and A, there's eight of them, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, A through H down the, the side. So the E6 cell was the cell that I could infect with Ebola and it didn't kill the cell. And I know exactly what immune pathways in that clone were crippled in order to allow the virus to replicate. So, so let's, and we'll get to that in a minute, but what this is, is the human. And so what they had to do was take the monkey cell, the monkey virus and change it. So it would efficiently infect human embryonic kidney cell line called 293T, which we used in a lot of things, especially in AIDS research. And so I'm, and, and so you have to infect the human cell because in, in 2004, they're doing this. Remember, we isolated LAV, Luke Montagnier isolated LAV, lymphadenopathy virus. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so it was stably expressing. So they put the ACE2 receptor in a construct. So it was on every one of the 293s and they stably expressed this. And um, so you want to see if the SARS can go in there and... You can make it infect human cells efficiently because this is a monkey virus. And unless you inject it in every polio vaccine, which the Vero monkey kidney cell line is used to grow Polio enteroviruses is used to grow many, many other viruses. As I mentioned, I grew Ebola in this cell line in the early 90s in the Fort Detrick biosafety level two. Um, that was my job. You cannot study a virus unless you can grow it in large quantities, purify it, and isolate it. So the first thing where they are correct is SARS-CoV-2 was never isolated from a human with COVID. It's a monkey cell line that, well, it's a monkey virus that was created, manufactured, and propagated since 2004 in laboratories around the world. It is the Vero E6 cell line, which I first said on Epoch Times, which aired on April 8th of 2020. So everybody said, how do you know this virus um, came from a laboratory? And I showed the 2015 paper when gain of function studies were illegal and I just flipped to the material and methods and said, oh, because they shipped the Vero E6 cell line from USAMRID, U.S. Army 
Military Institute, a research institute of infectious disease. They shipped it from that biosafety level four facility that I worked in in the mid 90s, isolating and playing with Ebola. Um, and that cell line was shipped and paid for as a part of the paper in 2015 that, that Tony Fauci lied, shipped it over to Wuhan, China, um, and the cell line. Please understand, this is exactly what Andy, Tom, um, or anybody else is talking about, um, and, and John, is this monkey virus has a monkey envelope, meaning lipid bilayer from the cells of this cell line. So it has monkey RNA, DNA, and protein in it. And so what the American people don't, and the people worldwide don't understand right now, but Luke does, Frank does, I do, and, and anybody who will listen and not crush us is because they don't want you to know that since 1986, when all liability was removed in the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act and program, when all liability was removed, they were experimenting on vulnerable populations, testing epigenetic and genetic susceptibilities and, and optimizing these viruses to infect humans air cell free and to cause more disease. And it'll get back to Brian Artis. So the most important thing in this one, and this goes to the work of Gert Vandenbosch, and he's exactly right. Um, and all the scientists, because even Malone, McCullough, I don't care who's talking about this right now. None of them have ever isolated human viruses, human disease-causing viruses, envelope viruses. When we say envelope virus, it's the lipid bilayer. And I'm going to show you this. On the right-hand side of this slide is the um, New York Times article. And we got we got the mirror image, so I'm seeing that on the left side. Okay, so on the on the left hand side of that slide, so see that nice little tripartite snaps together. They literally changed the base pairs in order to put HIV. So what they said is one such variant truncated at its cytoplasmic tail, what sticks inside the cell. So if you look at the middle, SARS-CoV-2 is the monkey virus. That red squiggly line is the provirus of RNA. And a provirus on an envelope virus encodes everything. And, and but But it has to bud out of the cell it grows in. So again, this did not grow in human cells. It did not originate in human cells. You're using the word Vero a lot. Why don't you translate that too? It's a monkey. It's a kind of monkey. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a monkey cell. And so I don't even know what Vero means. It's been in our laboratory since 1962. 
Some kind of monkey, though, probably. It's, it's some kind of monkey. And remember, they were telling you pangolins. And I'll get to that, too. There's yeah. some, some slides here. But what you want to understand is one such variant. Oh, SARS-CoV-2, the original thing that supposedly caused all of this. You made it in 2004. And you injected it every time you used a Vero monkey kidney cell line E6. And I guarantee you, every author on that paper has the frozen stock of that cell line with that infectious molecular clone. See the bottom? There's your infectious molecular clone that, that they made. But the bottom is not a virus. The, bo- the bottom is the COVID-19 vaccine. And, and you, you and um, Doug and everybody is very, John, everybody's correct. Words matter. Letters matter. You know, and, and they like to try to trick you. If you look and you Google right now and look up every single vial of COVID-19 vaccine anywhere, just go Google images, COVID-19 vaccine, you will not ever see it written, SARS-CoV-2 vaccine, because it's not. It's a synthetic virus. It's a bioweapon. And they know it. And they just showed you right here. It says one such variant truncated in its cytoplasmic tail. What sticks inside the cell um, was instead they put the human immune deficiency virus on the end of the tail. What did Luke Montagnier tell you in the India study that they retracted really quick? Oh, yeah, we saw HIV sequence in some of those variants. So just keep that in your head. Mm -hmm. And, And then it says, was efficiently, when you put that little piece, those few base pairs um, of the envelope, that's the spike, they changed because of COVID, they changed the spike to envelope. I mean, envelope to spike. And I'll, and I'll get there. It's 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 an envelope protein. That's what it's been called in virology forever. They just called it spike. It was a mushroom looking thing. And they show you this tripartite And the new New York Times even says it's like a little tulip. It's such a beautiful uh, flower. And, well, and I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, let me interject one quick question. Right. And I hope doing that doesn't knock you off track at all. It's all right. OK. Um, I want you to yeah, some of these, the I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the spokesman for, you know, people listening who can't ask questions at the moment because right. we're recording. Um, so the first basic question, you know, there's a lot of confusion and uh, different points of view on viruses in general. Can they be seen under an electron microscope? And number one, number two, um, did you at some point in the laboratory work that you were doing realized that you were assisting with gain-of-function research, and what was your response to that? And number three, um, I think you're implying that the Vero monkey kidney cell where, where the original virus that became referred to as SARS-CoV-2 was first found. That implies... Cell line. That, you must say cell line. Don't cell say line. cell. Because it's like a sour, sourdough stock. And it keeps renewing itself all the time. Yes. Um, I, I think you, I think you're implying talking about that, that the uh, monkey version of SARS-CoV-2 was legitimately isolated. And that will, if that's true, 
then that'll make it interesting, your response to what John Rappaport says here and how that was done. It was legitimately isolated from the monkey kidney cell line that I grew in a fermenter in a biosafety level four lab in a fermenter, 250 liters. And I described this all in Ending Plague. I just don't have a copy or I'd read That's it. like making sourdough bread, except it's a virus, right? Yeah. You use the same culture or a yogurt culture. Right. You're growing. You're growing that's what you're doing in yogurt. Okay. You start with the same stock so that you know you've got the same strains. Yes. And, variants. and when we get to the part where John talks about that, that'll be great to reiterate what you're saying right. about that, too. Okay. So I'm just going to show you, and I'll get to the electron micrograph. I'll flip through. So, right. So um, this is, um, uh, so we, we instead put the HIV on the part that sits inside the cell. Mm-hmm. And this is what Gert Vandenbosch is seeing from the first, um, from the first vaccines, what you're seeing is that you're making antibodies and they're non-neutralizing and they're going to this, the SIV component, and you start attacking yourself because the humanized version looks too close. And that's what auto-inflammatory, autoimmune disease is. And and so I'm just going to finish reading this. So you've got HIV, a piece of HIV, absolutely confirmed by Luc Montagnier and the India, India study on, on a lot of the things from the very beginning. And then that one was especially efficient at mediating infection, of course, because it goes through the human receptors, not a monkey receptor on a cell line. We don't have the same cells as monkeys. We're not monkeys. So monkey viruses don't go into humans. They don't just jump from pangolins into humans. The story we're being told to and lied to. And I'll show you that. Most so, people don't know what a pangolin is. You might. It's mentioned. a monkey. I'll show you a picture of it. Okay. I'll show you a picture of it. When it okay. Then it says. Murine, mouse, mouse leukemia virus, pseudotyped with the same S protein variant, also infected the ACE2 expressing cells more efficiently than murine leukemia viruses pseudotyped, put a different hat on them, with other S protein variants. And they go on to say they use this system to make them more and more and more efficient since 2004. So just to go back and tell you about the question of gain of function studies, mm-hmm. no, I didn't, I didn't do that because I left the National Cancer Institute on May 11th of 2001, um, six or so months after I got married, I was leading the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms. This was my job. How do drugs, how do viruses um, evade immune responses? So I took the knowledge we learned and learned how to make drugs. That was my job. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about AZT and all of this, and this is when Mickey Willis, that's why it's so important. I sat down in 2019, you know, uh, I, 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 we confirmed Luke Montagnier's isolation of LAV in 1983. Um, 2019, Mickey sat down and he said, my, my brother died at AZT and here's, you know, smart old Judy Mikevitz saying, don't you mean 
don't you mean AIDS? And he said, no, no, he was antibody positive. And they gave him the drug. I said, no, they didn't. You don't give him the drug when he's got immunity. You give him drugs when he's got the disease, when he's got AIDS. You don't give a healthy person that drug at that dose. You'll kill him. Exactly, he said. And then we filmed that film because that's the first time I knew what was meant for good in our laboratories was used for evil. And Mm -hmm. I was the person that and then all I had to do was walk back through my 40 years of research and show you they knew exactly what they were doing all along. This is a pandemic. And I'll just so that what they said now. So uh, so what I wrote on this slide, the top one um, is nothing in the CDC schedule since 1986 is it meets the legal or biological um, definition of a vaccine. They're all synthetic bioweapons made to, to in your cells. They inject them. This bottom picture in the middle is the bioweapon called the COVID-19 vaccine. So they can patent it. Why can they patent it? Because it's not SARS-CoV-2, the monkey virus. And it's not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon intended that your cells, so now your human cells, are replicating a true human virus that you can isolate from humans with COVID. But it's the vaccine you're isolating, but you taught your cells, you injected it, and it's budding out of your human cells because they just changed the base pairs. And they did that in 2004, Richard. They did that in 2004. Look at the paper. It didn't hurt anybody when you injected it because we all had immune system. The only people it hurt were the blacks, the IV drug users, the prostitutes, um, the deplorables, the poor, the military, that Deborah Burks injected an HIV into the military. She gave those people PTSD and XMRV associated diseases because we've always known that HIV and XMRV cause without replication, it's insertional mutagenesis of how they cause disease. So, and, and you're saying the uh, all the vaccines that came before the COVID vaccines were doing a lot of harm too, and I, I've come to the same conclusion. Absolutely, and, and I'm wondering why. Why is it, in your opinion, that so many of these great doctors that see the scam uh, of SARS-CoV-2 think that all the other vaccines are great and this one's only bad because it's not a vaccine. Vaccines are all wonderful. Why why can they not? Because they can't grasp it because they don't understand this slide. They don't understand that every single vaccine. And and the only reason I said 1986 is Mm -hmm. because they were tested before that. And this is why your audience has to see the movie 1986, the act. You can download it for about 10 bucks at at 1986theact.com because you're going to appreciate how the law and the liability in this whole EUA BS fits together. So what 
you know, Sherry Tenpenny, and I wrote an article a long, long time ago, maybe 15 or 16, Sherry Tenpenny, and I quoted her um, on, and, and at the bottom of the article, she wrote an article in 2005 called and said, what's coming through that needle, you know, mm-hmm. can harm you. And right. nobody knows what's coming through that needle because since all liability was removed in 1986, the testing and all safety testing and that court had to go to the taxpayer and health and human services and um, and um, just literally just crippled the law and 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 um, to the point where by 2011 and that's key there and this is all in our book plague of corruption uh, unfortunately people don't know because Number one, half the people that that discovered these things and realized these things were killed, either suicided or um, or their careers destroyed. Um, And and so I'm showing you that um, and, and I'll read to you the CDC excipient list. If you just go and write and just type in CDC excipient list on their own website, excipient is everything in the in the needle that's not an active ingredient in the shot and and it matters but what what every vaccine um since all liability the only reason i keep saying 1986 is because honestly a few of these cell lines were in our lab and you'll see that when you read frank rossetti's part of ending plague you're it's it's well written and i think it's understandable and people are going to get it and Mm -hmm. then luke gave us a very great chapter that kent tech and lively did in the second half and then i show you people like chris shaw frank schallenberg peter Duesberg, stephanie seneff um and others where people who were in and seeing these things like dr sherry tenpenny saw in 2005 what's coming through that needle could be killing you and so the um the in every single one of these cultures, when I go, when I grow Vero monkey kidney cells, I use bovine serum. And I don't use the same lot of bovine serum. We don't kill the same cows every time. What we would do is we would qualify 500 mil bottles for growing the best cells. And it's usually the viruses that are transmitting over there. Um, there's a there's a HTLV like virus called bovine leukemia virus, and and um, all all cows have XMRV um, spike protein called syncytin, and it will get to Brian R's. But I'm just showing you that in the Italy flu vaccine given in the early 2019. Mm-hmm. They made this in the maiden Darby dog kidney cell line. Canine is what the C means. Maiden Darby canine kidney cell. So when you use these little letters in your alphabet soup, you don't know what they are because you don't know what they are. So you just run your, your eyes just run over that paper. This is why Peter McCullough, Robert Malone, I don't even care who it is, unless you have a freezer full of these cell lines and you spent 40 years doing it. Um, and, and I have every one of those cell lines. This was the key, the dead man's trigger of plague of corruption. Oops. We weren't, we weren't cowards like, like William Thompson to cover up. 
that MMR, three RNA viruses given to little mum in a vaccine given to black and Hispanic boys and people of color before they were aged three years old. Um, they develop more of these diseases. Oh, why? The same mechanisms that why they grow. You know, oh, wait a minute. Their vitamin D receptors act like resistors. Doesn't matter how much you pop in. God didn't make a mistake. They're not deficient in vitamin D. The sensor on the cell has to transmit the same signal to the nucleus, whether you're from Sweden or whether you're from near the equator, whether you get a ton of sunlight or no sunlight, the, the, the signal that hits the nucleus of the cell has to be the same. Black people can't transmit 1,000 molecules for every molecule of sunlight, they'll kill themselves. They'll burn themselves out. Inflammation. The flame is in the middle of the word. So I'm just going to leave this here so I don't get too far off because, okay, so here are all the cell lines. So we learned through vaccine court, through every single case, that you're putting cow blood Avian, bird, chicken cells. Birds have a coronavirus called IBV. And, and, and Sherry Tenpenny again gave me these slides and we talked about it on John Michael Chambers show several times, um, in 2020, well before any of these were released. The Vero cell line and, and I'm, don't say cells. They're cell lines. They're continuously growing. That, that Vero cell line has been growing in our laboratory since the six so is WI38 and so has MRC5 and, and that human embryonic kidney cell line I just told you about. When I go and I'm looking for a new virus and I'm trying to isolate it, I can't isolate it unless I can grow it. And if it kills the cells because it was never, you know, because it dies and goes away. Think about the hantavirus. A few people always die from the hantaviruses of hanta fever in Arizona and everything, but they die and then the virus dies. This was what was going on with Ebola, Zaire strain. And in the in the early 90s, it, it killed everything. It blew up the cells. They all died. So anyway, so these cell lines don't leave our lab. We make clones. I made the Vero E6 and I have E7 and I have E10 and I have WI38 V plus and you name it. I've got thousands of freezes on a data safety sheet. And the National Cancer Institute knows this. The National the NIAJ, you know, these laboratories, these cell lines are shipped around the lab. Nothing's been released. Nothing's there's no new variants. And the very first word you said, which everybody has to stop saying, is virus single. Every you're injecting cow viruses, pig viruses, pit dog, a monkey. SIV, simian immune deficiency virus, simian virus 40. Is not, um, is not a retrovirus, but simian virus 40 was associated with mesothelioma, deadly lung cancer. That was the 40th virus that <laughs> I think it was Adi Gazdar was doing the work back in NCI, um, the late Adi Gazdar. See, the one thing people don't understand is Frank Rossetti, um, Ber- um, Luke Montagnier, Tony Fauci, Bob Gallo, they're all 15 to 20 years older than me. I'm the stupid woman in the lab doing the work who, who just happens to, 
um, <laughs> have a photographic memory and a Cherokee mm-hmm. mom and a Hungarian dad. Uh, you don't you don't lie to me, and you certainly don't lie twice. So we didn't we weren't unwittingly doing gain of function study. That term was never used until scientists started catching up with how many of these deadly variants were coming out of laboratories in you know all the way from the 90s and so the the slide i'm going to show you um next so again you got in flu vaccines and think about these flu prevnar um insects um baccalovirus yeast um you know we grow everything we're talking about by growing things in tobacco leaves you know where do you grow viruses that are economic well we use mice because they're teeny And that's chapter five of our first book, Plague. Oh, wait a minute. If we pass polio virus through the brains of the mouse, we might pick up a dormant virus, a piece of their virome or genome that doesn't bother the mouse because it's part of the mouse recognizing the difference between self and non-self. What's my viruses because they're important and what's not. So I'm just going to flip back here to show you. So, so number one, all of these viruses have been isolated and are real viruses. Now I'm showing you a paper and I'm just showing you the title of that paper. And it was received on October 31st, 2011. And who's the corresponding author? Oh, Zheng Zhi Li or she. Uh, oh, the bad lady. It was, it was received on October 31st and accepted on January 31st, 2012, really matters. And, and we're going to get there. Um, and this is a metagenomic analysis from of bat fecal samples, bat shit, in a cave in China. These aren't living cell lines. These aren't living viruses. You know, I'm sure the, the pieces of the lipid, the fat nanoparticle that the virus buds in, I'll show you an EM um, or more. Um, those fecal samples have the sequences. So all they're doing is looking at insectivorous bats in a cave in China. And look at all the insect viruses. Oh, the baccaloviruses, the, uh, you know, just go down the, the insect viruses. Um, look at the vertebrate viruses, um, where we have the bat coronaviruses, you know, HKU919294, 93, the bat coronavirus A701 from 2005, and other coronaviruses. They just say other coronaviruses, but look how many reads there there are. Look how many sequences there are. Those sequences are either pieces and parts of viruses or they're entire proviruses that that can be injected. That's what an infectious molecular clone. But look at this canine parvovirus. How'd you get a dog virus sequence in bat shit in a cave in China? I'm sorry. Look at this. Thousand, seven thousand sequences, fifteen hundred. And, and they're all beta coronaviruses. Look at them all. 
Everybody keeps saying, here's the new one. It's not a virus. They've been in there, in those cell lines, in these laboratories. This is 2011. What's significant about October 31st, um, 2011. Oh, I was fired September 29th, 2011. And I had all those sequences from the disease-associated new family of retroviruses we isolated called XMRVs, and we'll get there. And, um, and I had the human cell lines they grew from, but I had the humans where just like John Rappaport said, or, or any of the others. They weren't manipulated. It wasn't a sequence I was looking at. It was a protein, an electron micrograph, or the all-important antibody response. Did your immune system make an antibody to that? And that's critically important. But why, the reason I show this with this table just sitting right here from that paper, and it's free. You can get it for free. This is they're, they're, they're out there showing you. 2000. So I'm fired a month earlier. My entire lab is locked locked down. They get all my notebooks, many of which are this. This is the notebook I'm writing in as I say and take notes of what you asked me so I don't fall too far off. And um and also laboratory notebooks that are real laboratory notebooks. And so importantly, when you work on federal grants paid for by Tony Fauci, I never worked with him. He was always NIAID. I was always National Cancer Institute, where we collaborated with NIAID and um, uh, industry up John Pharmaceuticals, where I proved GMOs did hurt people in human cells. That's what I did. And I, I kind of lost that job through a notebook at somebody when they told me I was morally, ethically, ethically and legally responsible to do exactly what they said. People don't understand. The gatekeepers are the young people. We have to teach them. You, we can't be inflammatory and say there's no such thing as a virus. Or has never been isolated because all that does is feed. There's a reason why people let Andy Kaufman, they're not heavily censored because they're just feeding in to divide us and we won't let them. We'll continue to speak the truth in love. And I, I do appreciate and love every one of the people. And I've always loved John Rappaport, but I don't agree with every word he says because the data don't support that. And these are the data from the paper. I'm not telling you what they said about the data, um, the interpretation of the data. I'm showing you the data. So all the way at the bottom of the left-hand side, it says other viruses. So apparently a scientific reviewer said, show me the other viruses. And so what's commonly done is they put it in the... um, Supplemental data figures in the supplemental data so that they can they can obfuscate. Uh, sorry, I can't say that word um, they, that they can cover it up and they can make si- smart scientists like McCullough, Mike Malone, like Cowan, like these people who've never and even ju- great journalists like John make people who've been following this for years. They can confuse them. 
And then they start saying that it's never been isolated. Yeah, it's been isolated from that monkey cell line and grown in cultures since 19, yeah, 2004. And in 1992 was when I grew Ebola in there, and it matters. Okay, so let me ask you one question about that. Because um, yeah. this isolation thing is the central question. Yeah. And um, I think what you're, what you're saying is that the monkey virus was isolated in the ways that would satisfy all the steps that Kaufman and Cowan and Sally Fallon and John Rappaport were saying had to be done. Those steps were were done. And and you could look in an electron micrograph and you could see the characteristics of the virus that had been isolated. Correct. That's what I showed you on the last slide. Right. So that was electron micrographs. This is the picture of it. But I this paper has the electron micrographs in it. Right. So that was done for those viruses, but not for SARS-CoV-2. Oh, that is SARS-CoV-2. Well, yeah, just not what they're calling SARS-CoV-2 right now. So the original SARS-CoV-2 is the monkey virus right there. COVID-19 is not a virus. Well, COVID-19 is a disease, supposedly, right? It's not the disease caused by the virus. That's what I'm telling you. COVID-19 is the bioweapon virus, which is in the bottom. Okay, so what you're saying is in your your experience as the person in the lab doing the work, this successful total isolation of many viruses (laughs) was actually done. Correct. Right. But what do they do? But what do they do? They don't infect people through the air. They inject them in every single polio vaccine. Okay, so what now are you injecting? You're injecting these. You're injecting the sequences, the provirus. And I'm okay, going to show it to you. So, speaking of sequences, the sequence of understanding this would be all right. Many viruses, including that monkey virus that you're calling SARS-CoV-2, have actually been isolated in a way that would satisfy what the critics are calling out hasn't been done. That was done. But then all of these, okay. every one of these came out of Vero E6. But what has not, has not been done is taking those from samples of a person who was sick with the associated disease, isolating it, purifying it, putting it into a person who's healthy and causing the same disease. In other words, something like Coke postulates or Rivers protocol, something like that. Hill's criteria, correct. Has that has that been done? Not from the monkey virus, but it, it, it it's it's being done from the so-called vaccine, the bio. Yeah, but but yeah, aside, that's killing everybody they inject. Right, but diseases. But aside from the vaccine issue, it's a virus. Have they done? You corrected me on the name there. What what did you say? What protocol? Hill's criteria. Okay. So you can't ethically inject HIV in anyone and cause disease, even though they actually did. Right. But you could could theoretically do it in other mammals. No, because HIV doesn't cause disease in in simian immune deficiency viruses. So aside from HIV, have any other viruses gone through that protocol, taking it from HDLV1, Frank's first virus? And you put it into a healthy individual and it causes the disease. You can't put it into a healthy individual because it's unethical. I'm not saying in humans. I'm saying in animals. Oh, no, I put it in humans. 
We isolated LAV from humans with disease, and every human with disease had that LAV that Luke Montagnier. What does LAV stand for? Lymphadenopathy virus. Let me just show you this one thing from the bat cave, and I'll go all the way to the beginning. Okay, sure. The beginning of disease-associated human retroviruses. This was what I was asked to talk about. Are they chimeras? Are they synthetic? Are they real? What's been going on? So I'm just showing you in this paper in 2011, all of these virus, provirus sequences Mm -hmm. are in Vero E6 cell line along with SARS-CoV-2. That cell line, Vero, is injected the RNA, DNA, and protein, not purified, not taking out the, the, the material, not anything taken out. All of these viruses ended up in bats in a cave in China, in their poop. So when you do a PCR, are you positive for that? Sure. Is it a virus? No, it's a sequence. How did the the bats get full of all that stuff? (laughs) They're working with the cell line and they're injecting the bats. with. They they gave shots to the individual bats? I don't know what they did. You have to ask Shang-Chi Lee. That would be a big job, catching each bat. You, you, ate, you, you make infectious molecular clones, so I'm going to get there. So in the next slide, that, P, that supplemental figure of the other viruses, mm-hmm. the seven other reads that were there, you know, look, 491 sequences of parvovirus. That causes disease in dogs. So dog cell lines, maiden, Darby, kidney cell lines. Remember, these have been in our labs forever. That's why I keep showing you these slides. But here's the... Um, Here's the supplemental figure that nobody got to see unless you go read it. You know, and I usually ask Dr. Rossetti because um, that's what I do. Frank, mm-hmm. go find me that paper because I can't do it. I'm locked out of the literature. So you see, if somebody can read the literature is locked out of the literature, then they can't perpetrate these frauds. And if they can keep people like um, Andy and other people from talking to people and they just shut you down, which is what some of the bad guys are doing. Oh, no, you've never done. No. No, just listen long enough. So I appreciate it. Just look at the other, those seven or 10 other retroviruses in that bottom table. You see right here, HERV H envelope 60. That's human endogenous retrovirus from a human or a human cell line there that those, those cell lines Human endog- I'm sorry, human embryonic kidney, the aborted fetal tissue cell lines in the lab. Here's an amphitropic mouse leukemia virus. Here's Maloney murine sarcoma virus. Here's M- Maloney murine leukemia virus. And here's one called friend murine leukemia virus. But the most fun of all is VP62. That's an infectious molecular clone made in Bob Silverman's lab in the Cleveland Clinic. God only knows when, but he published it in 2005. Oh, okay. We'll just leave that on your head. So I'm going to go to you and show you um, 
the isolation in the EMs and and what this really is. So this is the the talk I was asked to give is the history of chimeric research. A chimer is putting an HIV, XMRV, and a HATS, the, the pseudotyping, on a coronavirus. Number one, SARS-CoV-2 is not a coronavirus. It's a pararetrovirus. So they left out the part in italics, disease-associated human retroviruses. And that makes all the difference in the world because I just showed you humans have endogenous, God-given viruses, pieces and parts in their genome that don't make whole infectious viruses for the most part. Some are, doesn't matter. Um, and, and this is where the the nitpicking. This is why, where the people like Fauci and Gallo, you know, who are still at the top of this corrupt cabal. Gallo never went away for doing what he was doing. They should all be in jail like Burks. 1992, they injected in a vaccine HIV spike protein envelope, just like I showed you then 2004. They injected it in 1992 right out of those Vero in a vaccine to the military, to blacks, to the people who have strong immune systems to RNA viruses, to the people who have weaker immune systems because they need to fight malaria and their vitamin D receptors just, yeah, their vitamin D, they just just get so much sun, they just burn out all those viruses. RNA viruses aren't a problem. Here's 1981, the isolation, 1980, sorry, the isolation of the first disease-associated human retrovirus. And it's causative for in the, in the cells you see called adult T-cell leukemia, an extremely aggressive leukemia. Causative. Why did I say that? Because every single person with evidence of the virus had the disease. There was no asymptomatic carrier of adult T-cell leukemia. But the people with the leukemia had evidence of this virus. But the people with leukemia were less than 1% of the people with disease. So that virus caused that disease, but those people had a five time, 5% lifetime risk of developing the associated inflammatory syndrome that was called tropical spastic paraparesis. This was a problem in Japan with the leukemia and in Brazil um, and, and other places with that, that you see the people in their um, it, with their walkers or their, their canes. This is like multiple sclerosis. It's called HTLV1 associated myelopathy. And you get a uveitis. That's a cytokine storm in an inflammatory disease. Every time you see 
arthropathy, you know, an apathy or an itis. You've got the agent associated, but it's not causative because that's not the only thing in the environment that can cause those things. Now, one of the things that Frank wrote, and this is Frank's slide, I did not change it from a, a long time ago. What I only added the book cover. One reason for the remarkable genetic stability is the proviral load increases by in expansion of the infected cells, clonal expansion. That's why I talked about the E6 clone, that they grow it very well. And that's a paper from 1995. See, it's important what they knew about this. But what I'm going to show you is the way we isolate viruses is from people with disease. COVID the, the signature of disease of COVID is this inflammatory signature of inflammatory cytokines. This is what Frank, the other half of Frank Rossetti's, um, I should just say genius. And, and this is what Luke Montagnier, the MD, and um, um, it really doesn't matter. Anybody else who did it, Frank Rossetti had to discover Interleukin-2, which was called at the time T-cell growth factor or Frankie's factor. He published Frankie's factor um, two or three years before he published the first isolation in 1980. Why? Because you had to grow the T-cells. He found a cell line called HUT-102, human T-cell Number 102, just like SV40, the 102nd line they put in culture grew without anything added, grew the adult T-cell leukemia cell line. And it came from a black man from the um, that area. And so he got the disease and and he was also a carrier and they were able to clone a cell line and grow these viruses. And that's how they isolated them and showed them to you. But I'm just showing you the clinical features of people with human retroviruses. And we don't need to go into that because what you're looking for is your innate immune response can't function. And everybody in your audience now knows what antibody-dependent enhancement is. And this is why it's so important you don't give somebody with an antibody the injection because they will, they will flame out and burn themselves. This is why we never inject a healthy population with, with an inflammatory agent. By definition, all vaccines have to cause inflammation. That's so, what happened to the ferrets, right? Correct. And, and there's, it's more than antibody dependent enhancement, but that's what Gert's talking about with these CD8 cells. And so with these, these are all slides that, that I've been showing in one way or another in the Crimes Against Humanities Task Force. And we can, we can do this next week when we talk with Reiner and cause you're going to see some more of this, but uh, mm-hmm. so decreased antibody dependent cellular cytotoxicity. What does that mean? Uh oh. Antibody-dependent cellular, you don't kill virus-infected cells. Decreased. 
So now when you change those codons, you're saying escape the human immune system that normally that monkey virus didn't do anything. Even when we injected it for 20 years, it only hurt the most susceptible carrying another virus. And that other virus that they were carrying was XMRV, the murine leukemia virus, syncytin envelope. And so this is this was um, the slide I've used for, I don't know, 20 years. Um, Magic Johnson, 1990, <laughs> November 7, 1991. What did he have? Oh, he was all over the newspaper. He had the antibodies to HIV. And then and then how, you know, my Ph.D. thesis was defended a, a week later. And all they said was based on your thesis, will he or will he not get AIDS? And I said, well, he's got to change everything. And that takes courage because what were they doing? They were scaring everybody. Oh, you're going to die. Take AZT. Mm -hmm. That's what they did to Mickey Willis's brother. So what I'm showing you is the electron micrograph of Mm -hmm. HIV. It's not the electron micrograph of LAV. And this is how and why. Bob Gallo uh, did not get share the Nobel Prize with Luc Montagnier and Francois. Why? Because he he sent he conned Luc Montagnier into sending a postdoc to the laboratory, and his name was Mika Popovic, I believe, to to Bob Gallo's laboratory with his samples. And everybody knows what Bob Gallo did. He said, oh, no, I didn't isolate the virus from your samples. I isolated the virus from my samples, and it's not the same virus as your sample. And see, it doesn't get the same antibody response. And and But it was gain-of-function studies. So what they did when they got that isolate, and that's what I said in Plandemic, when Tony Fauci and and Bob Gallo called me up on the phone screaming when I'm a 25 or 26-year-old, and they're like, give us, we understand you have the paper that tells them how to isolate. And I said, yeah. And there were NIAID authors on it, and and there were NCI authors on it. I was not an author because I didn't have a PhD. And this is why in my bio, they changed it to I started working in 1988 after my postdoc. And I I didn't have a PhD in 1988. I got my PhD. I defended it November 14, 1991. And they can't make all this go away. So they just change all the data and change the words and say it was HIV. And even Frank Rossetti is struggling with this to this day. But Luke Montagnier's not or wasn't before his death. He knew we had an endogenous HIV. And all you have to do is watch the movie The Band Played on 1993 and, and the politics and the AIDS. And you see what everybody did. So Magic Johnson and David Ho was on the cover of Time magazine in, in 1990. I guess it was two, one or two, um, you know, because because Magic Johnson became his patient. They did not treat him with AZT. They did not kill him. They kept his immune system, his innate immune system, healthy and the virus latent. So here's uh, an, another paper, and, and it's just more of how they're weaponizing these things. And so what they do is they take strings of, of oligonucleotides. That's that's CG, 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 CG with that CPG motif, because that's the on off switch of viruses. And so in right again in 2004, they're trying to see how we can block the infection of HIV. Um, 
in, in human lymphoid tissue. Infected ex vivo, meaning infected by injection from, from out, from without, like we're asking for in Koch's postulate. So all they're doing is putting things at the surface of the cell to, that your own immune system will say, nope. So they knew exactly how to block the activation of the provirus from latency. They knew exactly. And this is, again, this was my PhD thesis and my postdoctoral work. So I'm just going to go, I'll skip through this because um, this is what we have to understand about that clonal expansion. This is um, on the left-hand side or on the right-hand side. This is infectious versus mitotic transmission. Infectious transmission is you inject an inflammatory stimulus. That's a vaccine. Um, it's They're all intended to turn on inflammation to go kill something, right? You've injected a piece or a part of that. That's the definition of a vaccine. It causes an immune response, an inflammatory response. You know, that's the definition. So if you just do a latent virus and you've got HTLV1, the little green provirus, yes, that's the sequence that was in the bat cave. But that's not a virus to to everything that Andy Kaufman and everybody's saying. That's not a virus. Okay. So you use reverse transcriptase that gets that is in these vaccines. Why? Because you've injected monkey cells, cow blood, (coughs) all of whom have their own endogenous virums, simian immune deficiency virus. They, you know, mouse viruses. And I'll go back to XMRV in a minute. So as opposed to HIV, they say HTLV has remarkable genetic stability. That is fixation of the base pair substitutions because it stays latent so well once your immune system does its thing. That's why you have an endogenous viral. So, but If you turn on or you inject as part of a vaccine um, reverse transcriptase, and I'll prove to you it's there. Um, And we have we have our own reverse transcriptase called polymerase theta that works better. And it was published in 2021 that works better at reverse transcription. What is reverse transcription? Right backwards, write the mRNA back into DNA. And there's another thing unique to retroviruses, that family of envelope viruses. You see the envelope is around the cell. There's an envelope, a nuclear membrane around the nucleus. We have a cellular membrane, a lipid bilayer. We have a nuclear membrane, a lipid bilayer. Your mitochondria have a a bilayer. You have lipid bilayers. That's how you do that. So, you know, so they're 1% change in a thousand years. So HTLV, human T-cell leukemia and the lymphoma virus, which we did not make an infectious molecular clone until 1992. And and I made the clone. I did molecular virology with Dave Dursey for my postdoc. I was the one. It would pop out of the vectors because we were missing something. It couldn't be cloned. So HTLV1 and LAV were isolated, not 
cloned. They were isolated before there was PCR, before there was, it was okay, fine. They're going to say, oh, PCR started in 86. Not the way we use it every day in the lab. We did not use enzymes. We, we didn't do as many molecular, infectious molecular clone. It's an art form in making them. You have to pick what you want. I hated it. I do natural biology. I do this. Get the virus, and that's not an infectious molecular clone. So the, the complete sequence of this virus has changed less than 1% over a thousand years. Our immune systems got this. And now there are lots of variants, but they don't cause disease. So this is the whole point about causing disease. Just because you test positive, you're not going to get ATL, adult T-cell leukemia. And now 40 years later, HTLV does not meet the definition of cause, even adult T-cell leukemia. Why? Because we can cure it because we use methylation modulators and other things, anti-inflammatories and type 1 interferons. So, So now, because of our knowledge of the mechanisms of how diseases are caused, the epigenetics. It's not the presence of a virus. It's the expression of a virus. So, so I, I have to ask a question about that. Sure. Um, you're saying the presence of a virus doesn't mean that you're going to get a disease or have a disease. Correct. But it, and I totally agree. In fact, there are so many viruses that are symbiotic for humans that most of them aren't a problem anyway. But um, That's our whole genome. Yeah, other than the bacterial genome, that's right. So so what I'm showing you on the right-hand side, see that little black dot? uh We took people who had um, XMRV, the the fourth family of human disease-associated retroviruses. The third one was called HBRV, human beta retrovirus, and it's associated with liver diseases and, th- and other syndromes, and it was isolated um, and, and characterized in Canada, and I forgot his name, but he'd probably prefer I didn't say it. Anyway, so it, what we did was take these viruses – Put them in culture medium in the cell, in the human cells, right out of the body. Mm-hmm. And we close the lid, which is 0.3 microns, 300 nanometers. These viruses are between 75 and 100 nanometers. So they go through every single filter and it right. matters. Closed up, sealed tight in a humidified incubator. And if you just leave that there three weeks, you'll see the B cells transform. Two of these turn out positive. They start producing virus. The rest of them have latent viruses. And there's absolutely no evidence of mouse virus of any kind. And it really matters. We purified the cells and the viruses. So this, that's, um, so this is the paper that shows you what I'm saying about mitotic versus infectious transmission. The on-off switches of genes are called promoters. And when they're viruses, they're called LTR, long terminal repeat. It's the start on and off switch. When the lollipop is clear, 
the gene is expressed. When it's methylated, a CH3 group gets put on top of it. I don't care what gene it is, it's not expressed. So, so this it, is this is an explanation of the mechanism of epigenetic function, right? Correct. And this is our paper, and this was came out of my PhD thesis. That's why I'm saying it. This it's this paper was published by the me, Steve Dalen, Johns Hopkins University, and and people at the National Cancer Institute and the National Institute of Aging. And of course, Frank Rossetti and Steve Balin are the last authors. Frank, because he's the senior guy in the virus lab and my mentor. Um, and and Stephen B. Balin, this the the world's expert at Johns Hopkins on um, DNA methylation and the silencing of viruses. And we started working with him in early 1992. The, it's detailed in our book, Ending Plague, exactly this interaction. This paper took six years to publish because though the data were clear as day, um, they didn't want you to know this. So what happens is if you take HIV and you inf- you get infected naturally, let's just say like Magic Johnson did, doesn't really matter how you get infected, on goes DNA methyltransferase. It transfers a methyl group to DNA. It's not a big word. And it results in de novo, a new methylation and silencing of gamma interferon. That's your adaptive immune response. What happened in AIDS patients? Oh, we didn't get a type one helper immune response in the adaptive. The CD4 helper cells die, but they're not infected. When I started my PhD thesis research, we were told we knew for a fact only one in 10,000 T cells was infected with HIV. And yet all of them were dying in AIDS patients. My hypothesis was there's another shooter in the immune system. It's the monocyte macrophage changed everything. And all I'm showing you is this unlikely driver of evolution is arsenic. There's arsenic in our rice. There's arsenic in our food. There's high levels of arsenic in populations and cultures where we isolated the XMRVs, the mouse viruses and um, from the people. And this arsenic is naturally present in the water, in the soil of, of, of some people. So this is going to Brian Artis's stuff. Oh, yeah. What happens if you have arsenic in the water? We used arsenic trioxide as a cancer drug to take those cells I just showed you. That's a B cell leukemia growing out of that incubator in that person. We showed B cell tumors like mantle cell lymphoma, along with the myalgic encephalomyelitis and the prostate cancer, where the spike of XMRV was first identified, and I didn't say isolated. So um, this is, we demethylate the genes, the cell terminally differentiates, and it stops growing. And you don't have an immortalized cell line. And you're not making any more virus. And you destroyed the reservoir that gets activated and spreads the virus through the body. Therefore, um, 
You'll never get AIDS, just like Magic Johnson didn't get AIDS, did he? But but that's why we put people on steroids so that they suppress immune activation. But then they say, oh, you're more susceptible to virus. Of course you are, because you're going to activate latent viruses. So that that's probably as far as you. Oh, well, here's another good one. Inhibiting DNA methylation causes an interferon response because anytime you see double-stranded RNA, including in endogenous viruses, it means you need to send fire trucks to the fire. It means you need to turn on DNA methyltransferase. You've got an invader coming in. You've got an invader who's going to do something. So you see all of these, you don't need to understand. Type 1 interferon is not gamma interferon. It's an interferon interferes with viruses entering cells. So the it's a it's an if you knock down the sensors, TLR3 and these the it, it, the MAVs doesn't matter. It reduces the response, blocking the interferon or its receptor abrogates it. So what they're doing in these papers and in the I show you the year of this, 2015. And what they're doing in these papers is they're changing the sequences of the endogenous retroviruses, upregulation of hypermethylated endogenous retrovirus genes accompanies the immune response and activates your innate immune response. That was my PhD thesis. Therefore, stop the expression and, and you'll never get disease. And so what they were doing is weaponizing it to be a human uh, uh, in humanized so that it would turn down the sensors for TLR3. They put those CPGs, not that helped you. They put those oligonucleotides that hurt you and they put them in vaccines. And the, the CDC in 2019 approved a CPG adjuvant that will destroy, um, and they put it in a Japanese encephalitis virus vaccine. And, and this is why they, we have to get rid of them. This is our paper from the third family, fourth family of infectious disease causing, um, I'll call it, um, XMRVs, um, uh, and, and, and you have to put the S on the end of it. And this is why I say the virus. This is the first thing you know. This is a science paper. And the journal science force us to write an infectious retrovirus XMRV. It clearly was many variants by the data in the paper. Why did it matter? I just told you that. And, and I'll, sh- I'll show you that. Um, and XMRV, a virus. They don't want you to know there are lots of them out there. And all you need is a healthy type 1 interferon. And it doesn't matter what the variant du jour is. We don't have to be afraid if we can understand. But I just want to show you. We submitted this paper May 4th. And it was accepted, you know, verbally when Science the Journal asked me uh, or um, started seriously chopping up and editing the paper that the reviewers saw. 
But in our original submission, when the review came back on June 4th, the three reviewers, the one who was in charge, and we know who exactly who he is, which is a conflict of interest, and he set the whole thing up. And his name is John Coffin, and he admitted it on film last year. He admitted. And remember, in, if you watch Plandemic again, you know, before we talk next week, um, he um if you watch Plandemic again, one of the comedians that said, oh, ha, 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 she said she was arrested. She said they did all of this. If he reviewed the paper, if the reviewer who reviewed the paper did all of this, then she's right. And he said it. Go find the comedian. Then all bets are off. Then this is a pandemic. So here's our paper. Robert Silverman and Joe DeRisi named the virus. I'll show it to you. So the DNA was in 67% of the people. Yeah, DNA was there. Of course it was. It was intercalated into the cell, the provirus, like I showed you. The protein um, was in 85% of the people. When you made their cells divide, like I showed you in the last slide, then the latency came out, activate cell division. You've got to have a growing cell to isolate a growing virus if it's in that cell. And then we we transmitted that virus to other patients from patient's plasma, cell-free and cell-associated. We transmitted it to healthy humans. So, so that's everything they're asking for. And we saw it transmitted in families. So it's a blood-borne infectious human retrovirus. But the journal made us write and infectious. And I'm the senior author and I complained and I complained and I complained. And they're like, have it your way. We won't publish it if you don't change the title. You know, and this is your career. You know, a science paper like this, what that reviewer said, or another reviewer, sorry, what another person said in the National Academy, this paper was the best ever First-time characterization of a new family of disease associated. And I said associated, and we never wrote cause. So what, um, and, and so, but it's blood-borne, and it's infectious. But there's no, the asymptomatic carriers are not spreading disease. This is your electron micrograph. This is not the same electron micrograph, and I'm going to show it to you later. See how the cell membrane is thickening and darkening here? This is how uh, um, the cell membrane buds off with the viral material, and it forms this thick area in the middle called a capsid. That capsid is that gag gene we were showing, the structural disease, and the electron micrographs, you know, never lie. What electron micrographs do is they bounce electrons. So something as small as an electron off anything that hits it. And the image you see is where the electron bounced. So this Sounds is like a visual form of sonar type thing. Correct. Like a, like a sonogram in a pregnant woman. Right. You know, what does it look like? This is what an electron micrograph. And you must show 
a budding particle. And we, th- we showed three in this paper in, uh, from three different individual budding particles. And Kunio Nagashima, you'll notice the, the authors on this paper. Kunio Nagashima, is he an author on this paper? No, I guess I acknowledged him. He's the guy who did the electron micrograph of LAV. And on the back, he wrote LAV. You could tell it wasn't the HIV gain of function family of viruses. Doesn't mean they're not in people now because you injected them all. And we have human immune deficiency virus. You injected these exact sequences. The sequences are there. People look at these sequences. This is a phylogenetic analysis. Our paper when science finally published it, chopped two-thirds of the paper out of it. All the data I'm telling you, all the immunology, all the disease signatures, because that's what we look for. We look for the inflammatory signature of disease. I'm not messing around isolating it with people who aren't sick. And that's what I showed in the very last talk I gave in Ottawa, September 22nd or 21st, 2011. Very last thing was, look, they're latent, folks. And what did they do with that figure? Oh, they went back to my, they went back to my employers who had, who had misappropriated federal funds and sold a diagnostic test PCR, which is unvalidated and you can't use for a retrovirus. Oh, yeah, we know that. And it, it gets worse at how, how this journal. But this is, you know, the, the first reviewer, John Coffin, said, I'm 95% convinced when we submitted that paper May 4th, he said, show me an immune response. And we showed him an antibody response. And we showed him we had an antibody that detected all known polytropic and xenotropic retrovirus. It's a conformational epitope, a shape. It's not a sequence epitope. And we... And we still have all these reagents, and I'll prove all of this forever. That, that brings up a really important question about antibodies. Yeah. That, um, why is it in real life that when antibodies, the prevalence of antibodies in a patient is not directly correlated in many cases with actual immunity? You know, there are, there are people with a lot of antibodies that are not immune at all. And there are people with apparently almost none that have great immunity. So what's going on with that? Um, because the antibodies um, are your adaptive immune response. And if you skew the innate immune response and you don't show the virus to the immune system the way it's supposed to go, then you will skew the functional adaptive immune response so mm-hmm. you won't get antibodies. This is what Gert Vandenbosch is talking about. You're getting antibodies um there are innate antibodies from CD8 cells. You're getting antibodies that are non-neutralizing to this cytoplasmic tail of HIV. And so this is why he's saying you're driving the evolution of the virus. And yes, you are. And, and so the antibodies aren't developed appropriately because you did not expose the virus to the ordinary route or you crippled the innate immune response with a mask or with another shot. And and if you saw the high wire today, you know, it blew it away because people didn't, AIDS wasn't HIV. It was pneumocystis pneumonia. Oh, wait a minute, pneumocystis pneumonia. Oh, even TB, even, even all of those other things. It was 
thrush. You know, we this that's why I showed you the clinical features. Those are the clinical features with differences of every human retroviral disease. That's what you're looking for. We were all told it was the cytokine storm. You're not looking for the antibodies. That's the adaptive immune response. And the reason that's so critical immune response. One reason that's so critical is that's the justification for the need for vaccines and and the proof that they work. Whereas in reality, the specificity of an antibody to a certain virus or disease is complete. You know, it's not supported because you can get an antibody response by injecting aluminum. And that's not, that's not connected to any specific disease or virus. And that's supposedly the proof that the vaccine worked. So all they have to do is really irritate the system and make it feel threatened and interpret that as the vaccine being effective. Correct. And that's why I said not one vaccine since 1986 has worked. Because they put all those in there and made it. Yeah. And those don't care if there even is a virus. They're they're going to show an immune response. And so the whole basis of saying that vaccines are effective is based on a complete lie and of, of the correlation between antibody response and real immunity to a specific disease. And they're assuming that the public won't catch it, which they're not. Well, they don't because no. they just because they don't know. So I'm just showing you in our original paper. These are these are protein blots. These are immunoblots. This is cell free transmission. And I point these red arrows because patient one 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 eight clearly didn't have VP sixty two, the infectious molecular clone that that Bob Silverman and Abbott and Joe DeRisi have the patent for. Oh, the patent for a PCR test. Well, here's these are these are cells right out of these patients. That's what you asked for. These are proteins. Look at how much whopping of this variant one 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 eight has. Look at, and we know exactly what the variants were. So they they never, if you use the right PCR, which we used a consensus primer to pick up, and and this goes in. I want I don't want to get in the weeds of XMRV, but it really matters when you put that syncytin in. So here's the antibodies to XMRV envelope, just the spike protein were detected. In four to six percent of the disease population, no matter what the disease was, I don't care if it's MECFS, I don't care if it's cancer, mantle cell lymphoma, prostate cancer, the controls, people walking around right now have antibodies just like Magic Johnson, you know, and it's more than 4%. This is just XMRV. So who's going to die if they get injected and they already have antibodies? Oh, the people that have been carrying the HIV XMRVs um, that were injected in every vaccine since none of the safety studies have been done. They or, or they were or they were done and just claimed not to be. They you weren't know, done. Well, they, why, why couldn't they have been done secretly to make sure they hurt people? And then when they passed on that basis, say, well, we haven't done them because they don't want to expose what they really are. 
Oh, they they just did the sequences in the in the laboratories. That's exactly what this is. This was okay. the experimentation on black people. Yeah, the experiments were done. They made the synthetic viruses just like killing the ferrets. That's right. That's that, cool. You could see that as a safety study. Absolutely. And yet and yet they're saying that the safety studies didn't exist. Yeah, they existed. But, they killed the animals and they just And and, and this is this yeah. is the table. And I don't believe it was published September uh, to I, they, I believe that's a typo. It was t- it was 2012. Yeah. September, October 2012 is on the bottom of the paper. Sorry, I'll clean that up. Um, but this is 2012. But they said, oh, Mikevitz and Rossetti couldn't replicate their work. And again, this was in the um, supplemental figures because they just twisted and said, no, you didn't find PCR because you didn't. They they tailor their PCR to miss the variants. So they'll tailor their PCR to miss the spike protein they injected in the synthetic virus. But they they cannot. It's, you know, if they do that PCR right, and I volunteered a year ago, I said, I'll show you it's the it's the injected that synthetic that virus called a vaccine called the COVID-19 vaccine. They don't call it SARS-CoV-2 because if they do, they're liable. It's fraud. It's not SARS-CoV-2. It's a humanized bioweapon spike protein in a synthetic lipid nanoparticle that doesn't break down. And do we do we even know all the ingredients in it? We don't, and it's not a it, it's a them. And no them, I'm sorry. Yeah, there are variations. Yeah, they all have to have patents. So right. they all get patents by changing a couple of sequences. So it's like Pfizer says, okay, our sequence will cause Parkinson's and ALS, and it's only two codon changes. Two codons change from mantle cell lymphoma or ITP to um, idiopathic thrombocytopenia, you know, idiopathic because the idiots don't understand the pathogenesis. But we do. You bleed out with the bleeding disorders. And we did all of this work for them. So, yes, they tested on the human beings. Here's right here. Six percent in patients, six percent in controls. Our serology assay was pretty good, wasn't it? Antibody assays. And we got five out of five in the clones. We got the the appropriate answers. We we collected the PCR positive because we didn't have a fraudulent PCR test that was made to fail like John Coffin in the FDA and the CDC. Because the CDC and the FDA had the data when when um when when low and alter when the low alter lab um validated our work. How did they validate our work? Oh, because when that science paper came out, October 8, 2011, Shai-Shing Lo at the FDA had a box of samples in his freezer since the early 80s that said non-HIV AIDS. Why? It was doctors, nurses, women, children. Tony Fauci told you they're just crazy. They're not sick. Tony Fauci told you only gay men, IV drug users and prostitutes. Only the deplorables could get HIV. No, a virus doesn't know you're a black man, a white man, a Democrat or Republican. A virus knows your immune system. And all bets are off if you inject synthetic viruses or animal viruses like SARS-CoV-2. All bets are off because you injected them. Infection by injection. Here's the paper that shows you John Coffin and Jonathan Stoy of the UK. They're driving the narrative. 
They're doing exactly, this was July 22nd, 2009. The entire government got together and says, we have a little problem. We see a whole lot more of that virus than just MECFS. And that's a big problem because Tony Fauci called him crazy. And he let him continue giving blood. And he let them have children. And he he didn't tell that the children were going to get the retrovirus if mom transmitted. Here's Omicron. And and it was it was first detected in a PCR in Gary in the Owens lab at University of Virginia. And and he showed it at a meeting that John Coffin presided over at Abbott. Um, sorry, at Case Western or Cleveland Clinic in uh, uh, November 10th, 2009, one month after our paper came out. OK, but Judy, there's a question about this. Yeah. Um, the Omicron, Omicron mm-hmm. uh, and the other variants, what John Rappaport and Kaufman and those people were saying is that if you haven't isolated the SARS-CoV-2 virus, then the talk of the variants is unsupportable. So, no, so right. the problem is you're, they're still getting it wrong. This is the sequence of the provirus. It is the blueprint for making the virus. Okay, so tell people what provirus means. It's the entire virus, start to finish. LTR start to finish, provirus, that sequence we put in the, in the, this is the provirus in your genome. This is a retrovirus in your genome. There we go. Here it is, the green thing. There's no question those sequences aren't in those cells, in the DNA. That's the provirus. It doesn't replicate if it stays latent. It's latent in every one of these samples, except for this one woke up in, in an immortalized, a cancer cell. It's murine leukemia virus, the spike alone causes cancer the sequence never the provirus is not the virus but the provirus can become the virus if you inject the provirus and you bypass that it's not a particle that's why a pcr is not a particle it's not a lipid particle they made the synthetic the covid19 virus this is Sorry, I'll just it's it's all the way back in the bottom. I'll get there. Um, it's a it's a synthetic lipid nanoparticle. The blue one at the bottom of the screen is the virus. You can't inject this RNA without it being degraded. You can't breathe in the RNA or the virus without it being degraded. That's what type one interferon does. That's what glutathione in your cell does. It gobbles it up like a Pac-Man. That's what the inflammatory cytokine storm does. Okay, so, so, you know, one of the bottom lines to all that is that what you're explaining is the virus does exist, right? Number one, because that was one of the primary. Absolutely. It's a monkey virus, SARS-CoV-2. The monkey virus exists. And the COVID-19 virus is the vaccine. It's a virus. Okay, so what does the monkey virus do to people without the vaccine? Um, hurts a lot of the black people that get it along with everything. It's not a virus. 
There's hundreds of monkey viruses. I just showed you all the viruses. Right. monkey kidney cell. We inject that cell line. Most people, it does nothing because their immune system works. That's why they had to fabricate a disease. That's why the pandemic, the fear was the virus. Right. But what about the syndrome of people who were not yet vaccinated before there was a vaccine, that they couldn't transfer oxygen from the blood to the lungs and vice versa? And that was happening in certain discrete locations where people were uh, figuring that there must be the dissemination of some kind of toxin uh, causing that syndrome to get people to be scared and take the vaccine. Sure. Um, All of these, all of the old people have their viruses latent, right? Mm -hmm. They got injected with flu vaccines, right? Yeah, before the COVID vaccine. That's right. And what did we make that flu vaccine in? Made in Darby kidney cells, the dog cell line with lots of coronaviruses. And I showed you, and Vero monkey kidney cell was every polio shot. Well, so then they were just... What did Bill Gates tell you to do? Get a polio shot. Right, right. So they were renaming the viruses. The original outbreak, so to speak, from what you're saying, is a renaming of things that were happening anyway. But, but also 5G. And 5G, right? 5G. You're, 5G got turned on in Wuhan, right, when the outbreak happened. Correct. And that activates latency. And what, what 5G oh. is that what 5G also does is it changes the conformation of hemoglobin so that it releases Fe2 plus iron into the blood. Fe2 plus in the blood at levels above us. It's a simple test. Iron in the blood of Fe2 plus above a certain level Mm -hmm. um, is, is the same inflammatory signature of disease. Here's the signature of disease. We got this signature of disease. This distinct inflammatory signature, look at it. It's COVID. Same thing as I pulled out of the bats and showed, infect the primary human monocyte. Look at it on the left, multiple sclerosis. If you express syncytin, S-Y-N-C-Y-T-I-N, cyto means cell, syncytin means the synthesis or fusion of cells. Syncytin is that MLV spike protein, and that's what, so um, the inflammatory, chronic inflammation, if you have chronic inflammation, you're expressing in an infectious way, not mitotic transmission. You are not latent. You will be RNA positive, not DNA positive. That's not what our test did. RNA, an expressed retrovirus is what you're looking for. So yes, if you're expressing syncytin and you're one of those four to six percent of the women, of the people, six percent of our country, with XMRV infection. Oh, wait a minute, latent. Oh, wait a minute. And then you apply a little 5G or you throw in some other animal retroviruses and coronaviruses in a flu vaccine. And remember, 
how does this tie together with what Dr. Artis is talking about? It, that's what sensitin is. So the, the snake venom and the arsenic in the water, arsenic in rice, microplastics with phospholipase A2. Yes, humans have it, but it's an inflammatory. It's a destroy your own thing. So Dr. And, and, and Bayer Monsanto made it even worse. And I'm not sure if I have the slide in this presentation, but what Bayer Monsanto told you when you asked for a religious exemption and you work for that company, mm-hmm. you said, I had COVID. I can demonstrate antibodies. I can demonstrate immunity. I can prove my immune system exceeds my immunity exceeds what's required by the cdc i can prove innate immunity i can prove antibodies to omicron and this is the way we wrote our proof of immunity um and me and my husband um i'll prove to you i have antibodies to omicron how can i have antibodies to omicron in 2010 folks Oh, because I was in that lab doing that work all those years, making those contagious XMLVs. They had to have sensitin. That's the envelope. And I'll I'll try to get there. So here's I just want to show you. Here's the phylogenetic analysis. Here's XMRV2. All you're looking at is the sequence. And David Martin said this in the beginning. Yes, all these sequences are in our gene banks. Yes, there are cell lines. There's something called ATCC, American type tissue culture, whatever. Um, and they're in Manassas, I believe, Virginia. When you publish a paper having a cell line producing a virus, you have to put the cell line in the place so everybody can use it and do the studies. These cell lines have been shipped around the world. Nothing nothing was magically released into the air. It was released into the water. Yeah, because all of this all of this stuff is in the water, the sequences, the, the, the lipids, they're all in the feces, they're all in the bat. And Bear Monsanto responded to those exemption requests for religion by saying, it appears your problem is we use aborted fetal cell lines in, in, in making COVID-19 vaccines. Well, they use aborted fetal cell lines in making all vaccines, along with animal cell lines and all these animal viruses. So at any rate, they said, Um, So, or your problem, your belief in the purity of the human body, your own God-given immune system. And, And so it said, for in order for us to consider your request to let you work here and not be poisoned to death, we have to show you that that all of these major products, Tums, Pepto-Bismol, Tylenol, they even laced ivermectin and, and, and ceramin, which doesn't even matter. They've laced all the products with aborted with peptide. Oh, syncytin proteins, sequences. From aborted fetal cell lines. They just lifelized the things and threw it in all of the products and poisoned the water. Yeah, it's all in the water. And same thing with the microplastics. And same thing with, um, you know, they told you salts. I have a, I have an entire snake venom slideshow I could show you, but this is the most, probably the most important slide after Gary Owens 2010. John Coffin said, you can't call that XMRV. You're not a phylogenist. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not a biologist. You know, and this is, they turn this whole story exactly on its ears. 
I'm just showing you it's far enough homology, just like Omicron from XMRV1, from, from, from SARS-CoV-2, that it's, it's a different animal. What, what's Gary Owens' lab? Oh, it's a cardiology. What did he get? His patients had myocarditis, and he found sequences. He did not isolate viruses. Only we did in the XMRV field. And xenotropic is what we're talking about. Xeno is foreign. You can't inject any other foreign syncytin into a human being without expecting an autoimmune and autoinflammatory response and cancer. Crippling of ADCC, of ADE, of your innate immune response because you bypassed it. You injected it. If you don't inject it and we get it naturally, you'll be just fine. You'll develop immunity. You'll develop neutralizing antibodies. But you cannot ever get another shot of any kind. You cannot inject another animal's viruses. And this is what we're trying to show people. So Mm -hmm. here's, he never published that paper. He was allowed to publish that paper in 2013. He was allowed to publish that paper. And here's what he was allowed to write. Oh, and people in John Coffin's lab, this Krista and Vinay Patek, and um, oh, they were all in Coffin's lab or conflicted in interest. So they were the gatekeepers with the gun up to the head of Gary Owens and Mira in particular, because she's the postdoc and she needs a PhD. She's an MD PhD student at University of Virginia. Well, when we had that paper in press and we went to that meeting November 9th, She said, Judy, can I have that box of 101 samples? And I said, sure, you can test it. And guess what? All but one was positive, either for Omicron, XMRV2, or or XMRV1. 100%, that's causation by the family of viruses. So they had to slaughter my career. They had to jail me. They had to do. So see, and this is a quote from the paper. Although it's very highly unlikely that either XMRV, VP62, the infectious molecular clone I showed you in a bat cave. How does an infectious molecular clone out of a laboratory get in bat shit in China in 2011? You know, this is 2021. Yeah, it's all there. They've been planning. What's the answer? Because the cell lines, they've been doing this work in the lab. 2015, when it was illegal to do it at Fort Detrick, Tony Fauci just shipped Vero E6 cell line. Um, paid for it. That's why I say Tony Fauci shipped it. And, and they probably shipped it FedEx because if you use USPS, it's against the law. And if you look on the back of your custom form now, it says you can't carry cell lines in the little vials. I used to carry cell cell lines in the little vials in the days of HIV in order to study them so we could transmit these cell lines. So they stopped us from traveling because that way we couldn't prove them wrong. At any rate, um, although it's highly unlikely that either XMRV VP62 or B4RV, John Coffin changed the name because the advocates were so smart, they knew exactly what was going on. But look at it. Envelope proteins from both viruses it caused the tumor pathogenesis, prostate cancer, the aggressive prostate cancer. That's where it was first identified only as PCR products, only as a spike protein. Then they just did did um, uh, all the genetics um, 
using enzymes uh, in the laboratory to create the infectious molecular clone. And it never was the isolates we isolated. And they just flipped the whole story behind and said, Judy Mikovits didn't isolate anything and she never did anything. And there's no such thing as a virus. And, and she just had, she was just sprinkling XMRV dust and it only hit the patients and didn't hit the book controls. Oh, and then she committed the real sin. She used 5-Azacitidine to activate latent virus and inhibit DNA methylation and improve her entire work. And she actually thought about what she did her entire life. Similarities to vascular pathologies and vaccine injuries. Oh, without what we did in vaccine court, we said cytokine storm. I can show you monkeypox. I did. I show you pictures at the talks I go to. All you need is to inject infectious virus is not necessary to cause disease when it's injected. So they injected it, the spike protein. Yes, you're exactly right. They knew they could promote the formation of immature blood vessels. What does the clot shot do? I mean, this isn't rocket science. And then they say, um, oh, maybe, because we take xenografts from every single cancer, cancer patient. That means we take their tissues, just like tissues is blood, and we inject it directly. You know, we, we take it out into the lab, and we, and we mix and match to grow the tumors in, on mice and mouse cell lines and animal cell lines in order to study the tumors and see which pathways we can target the drug to. It's beautiful work, and we can cure everything if they just simply don't use it for evil. But it says promote the evolution of novel retroviruses. So they've been injecting them in people forever. And that's what Ralph Barrick and they were talking about. Oh, it's new. No, see them because we're going to take a new clone and we're going to throw it in that same Vero monkey kidney cell line. It's interesting that you mentioned the blood clots from the vaccines, because it looks like from the samples that have come from the uh, embalmers that they're not really blood clots. They're made out of something else. They're fiber. They look like rubber. Yeah, they look like rubber. Yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Anyway, I'll leave this alone, but that, that Shai Xing Lo um, um, worked for the FDA. He pulled the box and, you know, they were XMRV. So they right. weren't HIV. They were XMRV in the 90s. So XMRV plus HIV equals AIDS. The first people to die in the first wave were the people that got both. The only thing they transmitted you know, they and they tra- transmitted the XMRV through the women. But remember, women and nurses, they couldn't get um, they couldn't get AIDS. And, and a- XMRV is like HTLV1 and it's easy to keep it latent. There were like 22 CPGs in the promoter of the provirus that on and off switch. That was clonal expansion. This would never have evolved if they hadn't done this in the lab for the 15 or 20 years after I left the NCI. Here are all the diseases we saw evidence in, in our in our original patient samples. This was a family and the little girl and the cousin from the mom or the sister. I'm not really good at these things, but the cousin had CFS. She got sick when she was 12. Her male cousin died of an aggressive lymphoma or leukemia. These are all the diseases, the people with XMRV, ITP, CLL, mantle cell lymphoma, 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 myelodysplasia, which is um, a precursor to um 
all of these diseases, thymomas. They knew exactly who they were killing. And here's a paper that came out. Remember, we submitted our paper May of 2009. And it was held up in publication until October, held up. It was accepted on the 22nd of August and they wouldn't publish it, wouldn't publish it, wouldn't publish it because they were trying to leak the data or find a way they could not publish this. They did not want the shot heard around the world that they'd carried out these experiments on innocent children, particularly blacks, Hispanics. And, And Andy Wakefield was exactly right. His paper said, his paper said nonspecific inflammation. It was eosinophilia. It was that's what that's what is associated with the eosinophils are part of the innate immune response. What this paper said, unintended spread of a bio biosafety level two recombinant virus. Unintended spread. Biosafety level two, contagious cancer, folks. I don't think so. I got that virus. My husband got that virus. Do I have any disease in 2010? That's why I wrote on his proof of immunity that that my husband will prove to you and I will prove. We've got the replication study from hell because I saved all the samples. I saved all the cell lines. I've got all the reagents and I know exactly the day David Nolde Sierra converted to Omicron and the day Judy Mikovits did. And we took hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin um, ever since John Dr. John in in the Ebola they released on Sierra Leone to cover up William Thompson's CDC confession that they'd experimented on the black kids and made them and knew they would be more susceptible to these things. This is the key. This is the 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 XMRV is pivotal because we detected viral proteins and antibodies in every single study. Four to six percent was the average. We did the low of four. We said 3.75. You know why we said that? Because we needed at least two methods of detection. We needed protein and antibody. We needed sequence and antibody. We did not ever call a positive a positive without two different tests, looking at two different things to prove that person was infected. And we have many, many electron micrographs. So here you are, brain microglia, psychosis, long haul, activate the latent virus. It's a G protein. Everybody said, oh, we don't know what that receptor is. Loss of taste and smell, G protein. This is a phosphate transporter. Glyphosate. If you put glyphosate, glycine with a phosphate on it, and the water's poisoned with glyphosate, do you know it's like a vacuum cleaner? Pulling, leaving that sensor, sensing I need more, 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 more food. It pulls in every single sequence of the envelope proteins. They just keep changing them to spike. An infectious clone was, this is the first family of viruses that was cloned before it was isolated. And it makes all the difference in the world. So all they did was say, I contaminated the PCR. I contaminated everything. And here's, I just walked through these really quickly. Oh, generation of multiple replication combinant retroviruses. Oh, two weeks in a fermenter and you got new clones. Two weeks in a fermenter is every single lot of every single shot. We cannot let anyone get inoculated with anything ever again. 
You know, we've known this. So now they say, oh, XMRV is a recombinant. No, wasn't an recombinant. We isolated it from people with diseases. So remember when they're saying they're not isolated? Every person we isolated, it had a disease. I just showed you the code. Whether it was cancer, neuroimmune disease, I just showed you the phylogenetic tree. Why is it that... uh all the health agencies in Canada and the U.S. and other places can't produce any samples of the virus they say causes uh, COVID-19. Because they're only going to produce SARS-CoV-2 or the synthetic one. They can't produce it because it's not in humans until we injected it in humans. See, what people don't understand is you and there is no gag. There is no structural gene in that synthetic lipid nanoparticle, that synthetic virus. So what they did was they injected the spike protein, the envelope. That's that last slide. That's Mm -hmm. this is all that matters. See this GP70? That little spike sticking outside the cell, you injected the sequence in all the things right here, the provirus. Then you activated the immune system by injecting all the other adjuvants like you just mentioned, aluminum, mercury. You inject, you give them a flu shot on the same day you give them a COVID shot or a Prevnar shot. You've destroyed the sensors on their cells. They don't know what to do. The poly A tails, all of it's here. Oh, so like the mouse one, XMRV uses this phosphate transporter. So they know exactly how it gets into cells. And glyphosate makes it look like a vacuum cleaner. And if you have glyphosate destroying your food, you don't have the principal methyl donor called dimethylglycine, which is a simple food. It's two methyl groups on glycine, an amino acid. Oh, to keep your viruses latent. So the infection clone we our paper came out in 2009 but what did they show you right there oh xmrv is pivotal because it's it inserts its type it integrates in cpg island it changes the expression of your genes and it just came out in a paper now this is not a mistake they already wrote the papers just like they already did this experimentation between 2004 and 2009 we found the sick people and the sick people exploded i'm just going to go through this just to really quickly show you all the papers where two replication combinant rectovirus pass prostate tissue, that xenotrophic, um, when you inject or mix other tissue with a mouse through mouse cell lines, you grow them up, they recombine. And they write right there, additional XMRV-like viruses may exist. The COVID-19 virus, SARS-CoV-2, and the virus the vaccine, the COVID-19, they're both viruses. One, Both are synthetic. Both were manufactured, one in monkey cell line, and the other um, is just RNA. They put together the sequences they need because they know exactly what they're going to release. How does that tie in with um, the other ingredients in the vaccine? For example, the ones that are supposed to be like little razor blades and mm-hmm. uh, cut up the blood vessels from the inside. How does, how does that relate? 
Uh, it relates because it causes damage. Anytime you cut something, you turn back on that same cytokine storm and you send TGF beta activates the hematopoietic, the blood stem cell, and you send fire trucks to the fire to tie a rope around the cut up piece and, and make fibrin and make a clot. And you've mm-hmm. turned on, it's called accelerated myelopoiesis and accelerated aging. And so, yeah, yeah that's what, that's how your immune system system works. You're, that you're, German yeah. scientist who found that got assassinated right after he was announcing it, right? I forget who, who that was. Yeah. So we know this. I mean, they they killed um, Jeff Bradstreet. They killed Timothy. I was Cotton. thinking of him. Yeah. yeah. He found that there was an enzyme that they were putting in the vaccines. There, and see, again, they're not putting it in there when people don't use the right words. Nagalase. Nagalase is a human enzyme, and all animals have nagalase. Why? They clip vitamin D receptors in order to know whether where you live. They changed. So GC-MAF, gamma globulin, um, macrophage, they called it an activating factor in HIV AIDS. It's not. It's a modulating factor. It The nagalase clips the vitamin D receptors so that they, in, in the case of HIV, they made it so that the nagalase, so that it would avoid the vitamin D responses, which we all know, sunlight. Oh, we took us out of the sun so we could drive right. SARS-CoV-2. We stopped us. We put a mask on us so our glutathione would crap. We put a mask on us so we deplete our oxygen and we create right. we create the oxygen failure to carry the capacity. But I'm just showing you these again. This is a 2011 paper. Look at all the retroviruses in the pie chart. Look at all the enterobacteria and phages that they just talked about, the bacteriophages isolating. Yeah, they've been growing these things, the non-human reads, the human reads in our laboratories. Look at all the XMRVs. And they're right there with human herpes virus 4. That's EBV. EBV is also maintained in the... Um, by DNA methylation, it tethers in a latent state and it, 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 it te- it's in the cytoplasm of the cell because it's too big to go in the nucleus of the cell. But we see, I, I identified a new human herpes virus I called HHV9 um, just before I left the corruption um, of the lab of antiviral drug mechanisms. I'd had enough, so I got married and left. <laughs> so, um, that was 21 years ago. But at any rate, I had to see what I had to see. But anyway, see that friend, spleen focus forming virus, see the murine, xenotropic, NZB, see the enterobacteria. Those are all the same things that are in the bat cave, in the bat feces. It, yes, they all came out of our laboratories. Unintended spread. Do you think contagious cancer is biosafety level two? They had to cover their ass for liability. So they had to publish that first to say, oops, we unintended spread it. You know, yeah, they did. And then they, here's, here's more. This is 2011, October 1st. Remember, I'm fired September 29th. Um, and, and my lab locked down and every, every piece of data or so they thought they just didn't know. Uh, anyway, um, you know, the name game. The last thing I said to John Coffin in that debate was how many have we created, John? How many novel retroviruses? 
you know, oh, yeah, they can't patent them if they didn't change a few base pairs. That's why LAV has to be HIV, because they had to patent the diagnostic test, which was the antibody test. And this is Kent Tech and Lively's book, Inoculation. You know, this is this is why millions had to die. And I said it in pandemic. Here's the blood supply was contaminated. Well, I showed these data in 2011. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the you can inactivate it if the blood's contaminated. Oh, here's all the new disease association. Oh, platelet disorders, clotting. Uh Oh, yeah, that's 2011. I gave that talk March 29th, 2011. So in 2015, Scientific American. Oh, they just tell you, look, you don't have to worry about all the pathogens are gone. No, not right. all of them, just all the RNA viruses. How I'm just showing you, I don't need to show you too much. We can go back to questions, but I just want to show you this false positive. This was published the day before that last um, from Science News. Oh, wait a minute. You can't use PCR for a retrovirus. Well, I just told you SARS-CoV-2 is a pararetrovirus. And here's the paper they published in 2000. And so this is how they captured my bosses. They said, you're selling a fraudulent PCR. I'll show you the patent for the variants. I have it. It's in my name. And I didn't have a contract with them, so they didn't own the patent. And they they committed a crime. So Tony Fauci simply paid them off to the tune of $10 million a year, which he still pays them, the University of Nevada. And you saw Bobby Kennedy Jr. and David Martin in a line in the sand.us, line in the sand.us. And it's like, yeah, Tony Fauci controls $6 billion. He can fund Harvard if he wants, and he does. That's how these universities get, get fat. You know, so, so here's, the, the, here's the false positives. So why isn't it false positive with, X, with, with um, SARS-CoV-2? Because they wrote this paper in 2018. Oh, the retroviral genome is not suitable template for diagnostic PCR and its association with MECFS. They didn't say it's association with prostate cancer. This is criminal fraud. They just keep throwing that in there. That's not science. That's not a logical rejoinder. It has nothing to do with it. But they're trying to take out these women and children because they're liable. They're liable for every vaccine injury since all liability was removed. Why? Because if you could make a vaccine safer and you didn't do it, you're liable. They knew July 22nd, 2009, when we all met, that the lab workers were seroconverting. The mouse, the animal caretakers had antibodies. All these people have antibodies. Of course, they're going to test positive when you inject them and put them in fear and put them in a mask. Young women express sensitin. It's your own God-given protector of the genome. Here's the disease. So to honor Zev Zelenko, don't call it V-AIDS. Don't use their words. Call it vaccine AIDS. Don't call it long haul COVID. Call it what it is. One of these diseases. Every one of these diseases with the asterisks had evidence of XMRV, HIV, or the aberrant in the wrong location at the wrong time expression of syncytin. And you're, you're God given. And that's it. Now, oh, wait a minute. There's, there's uh, 
Sjogren's syndrome and Bechet's disease. That's associated primary biliary cirrhosis. That should be a red asterisk. That's, that's HBRV. Bechet has XMRV. The white asterisks were HBRV, cirrhosis of the liver and the PTSD is HIV from the vaccine. Deborah Burks and Robert Redfield injected in the military in the nineties. We had PNL43 on their genomic tests. PNL43 is another infectious molecular clone. It means plasma of the N terminus of the HIV envelope. That's what it is. So I, I've already done that. I've already done that. I've already done that. Here's the, here's the PCR proof. You know, this isn't the infectious molecular clone. We still have other bands. There's other PCR. They've never shown us the PCR. Sequence the product. And you know what I'll find, what you'll find? It's the spike protein from the COVID-19 vaccine. Make the PCR right. I'll, I'll, you know, I, I'll, I'll find somebody that'll pay somebody a couple million dollars to, to prove this. And the, the autopsies are already proving it. Um, but we can prove this. You know, they, it never was our virus. You can see very clearly it never was. And this is what they said. Oh, Judy Mikovits, they didn't isolate anything at all. It's just that infectious molecular clone BP62 because Abbott had to have the patent on the variants. And it just, it's just simply not true. Show me the gap DH is the control. Show me a control. And so this is a micro and nano contamination, micro, micron size. Look at picture A. Does this look like what Carrie Madej is showing you? Oh, look at these little trees growing here. This is every vaccine. This is a 2017 publication from Italy. I guarantee you these authors paid for it. Um, but they submitted that in November 2016. I'll email you that paper. Um, but that it's free for anybody to get. Um, but I'll, I'll find it. We used it in vaccine court cases. Chronic okay. regional pain syndrome, complex regional pain syndrome, POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia, chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, the existence of symptoms never described before syndromes after the vaccines. And we're not talking COVID. We're talking every look, this is red blood cells from another animal. They did a mass spec on the right to show you all the metals in there. You know, this is what we're talking about. They're in all the shots. So all people have to do now is they can say, why were they liable? Because we showed them they couldn't use animal and human cells anymore. So what does Tony Fauci have to do now? They covered it all up in 2011 with the Bruchewitz decision in vaccine court. And then they and then they um, um, uh, you know, turn the disease around, said, oh, now, you know, so then they created their little fear game with the virus being the fear and killing the people in the hospitals. And they didn't have COVID. We all know it's the old people and they gave them flu shots. We did those flu shots in vaccine court. They were killing the old people with flu shots. And that's what Timothy Cunningham was murdered by the CDC for figuring that out. And do remember John Cullen's work. Um, um, from the influenza and the flunami. I don't have it in this talk, but in 2004, they've cloned from dead people bodies. They exhumed from Alaska the plan, the pandemic, the deadly strain of influenza that was the Spanish flu. The book is called 
The Great Influenza by John M. Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. And you might as well just be the game plan for COVID. Put a mask on them, scare them, put them in dirty conditions, um, have them eat not a plastic in the street, in the cold, and lock them down and beat them up. And you got, you know, the military and what they did with, um, you know, uh, the great influenza. So this is another paper that shows you independent analysis of this Tetra vaccine. I believe it's MMR vaccine and, and the residual RNA and DNA from the cells. They do not purify it out. They don't have to. All liabilities removed. 3.7 micrograms per dose of DNA, 80% of which was another human being since Sitin and every other virus in a human genome. So you're going to say, that's not me, that's somebody else. And you're a sick person, so you got this, like throwing gasoline on and fire, this explosion of an inflammatory cytokine storm and you're eating you're drinking glyphosate you're drinking poisoning so you can't methylate and silence that that endogenous box and the rest of it is chicken oh chicken ibv that one of the deadliest coronaviruses called ibv kill they have to kill whole flocks it goes through them so lest you think anything i said 2014, adventitious agents in viral vaccines, lessons learned from four studies, reverse transcriptase 1995 in MMR. They know exactly who they're trying to kill. And here's your last one with your monkeys. And then I'll let we can go back to talking because I don't think you need any more of this to show you they've been creating all these synthetic viruses for 30 years. And they're synthetic, whether they're made in monkey, mouse or Human cells, because the cell lines are synthetic. Humans, they're, they're transformed. They're immortalized in the laboratory. That's my job. Find the manufacturing plant, the biological, the stock, the sourdough for the perfect mixture to grow Ebola. So here's, here's the pangolin or the monkey on the top. See the little monkey on the top? Oh, we got an expanded host range of the Zika virus, the flaviviruses. And, and we know how these viruses particles work when they're in mosquitoes. And I showed you baccalovirus was in all the mosquitoes. So all you have is these segmented little genomes. You inject them all in every vaccine. There's baccalovirus and, and yeast and all these other things that stimulate and corrupt different parts of the immune system in every vaccine. So it's just a, and and then the, the key piece is that in, in place in the Center for Biologics in 2002 was the draft guidance for industry that they had to reduce the risk of transmission of zoo, that zoonotic, other animal or human viruses from blood and blood products in xenotransplantation. That's anytime you put a needle in a person and put a foreign piece of DNA, whether it's monkey manufactured or mouse. That's what X. MRV now means xenotropic monkey manufactured or mouse um, retrovirus. Um, 
and and the recipients in their intimate context. So they knew it would spread through their intimate context, that if they were susceptible, like in those nursing homes where they put the doctors and nurses, it's called nosocomial spread. The nurses aren't sick, but they're carrying it. And then they put them in there and then the 5G activates it and the people are sick, sick, sick. They're scared, scared, scared. And you just make them sicker and sicker and you tell them to go home and they get other things like Pseudomonas arginosa and other bacteria and other fungi, as we saw on the high wire today, because the people are um, wearing the mask. Um, And um, I, I don't need to go through the methylomes in your protection, but here's here's the key piece of what Brian Artis said. Um, and this is our human endogenous virome. 8% of our genome is never is retroviruses that are, um, that are made. And that's, that's 8%. The, the DNA that is actually transcribed into messenger RNA and translated into protein is only 3%. So this 8% of our genome is viral origin. They're stable elements. The one called syncytin, the HERV W envelope, is the Velcro that holds the fertilized embryo into the uterine cell wall. Those on and off switches regulate the cellular genes. There's a basal expression of these all the time. So everybody's going to test positive, especially pregnant women. And, you know, this is the fraud. This is the premeditated murder. They know exactly those aren't viruses that everybody's right. And it's so important that herbs play a central role in the evolution and functioning of the innate immune system, which means never again can we inject another thing without causing lifelong damage. And then I'll answer some more questions. Okay. Well, we're, we pretty much are out of time for right now, but um, I think it would be good to tell people where they can get the books and um, what we do. These two websites are the only ones that you can ask. I can answer. Did I answer all the questions? Um, We actually didn't start, (laughs) but, but we did something. Well, I answered the isolated, the viruses. I answered. Yeah. Electron micrographs. I answered the diagnosed and then treated with them. You don't diagnose by PCR. You never did. We no, saw them castrated and purified. Everything they said was true. Right. And, and Carrie Mullis said, said it wasn't a diagnostic tool at all. Correct. And, and so it, did the paper they published. Exactly. And it was kind of a uh, high tech magnifying glass. And we didn't use it as one. It's a really high-tech magnifying glass, and they're all there. So that's yeah, exactly. on virus isolation. You know, yes, they're, they're standing alone. They're manufactured alone, but they're never cleaned up. They're never isolated in right. the vaccines. They're just grown in a big vat, and they're not cleaned up. Yeah, and, I, w- I wish I could remember the ingredients that I was thinking of. There's two of them that that German scientist found. The ones that cut up the blood. Was it graphene oxide? Yeah, graphene oxide and hydroxide. Right. Though, yeah. Those right. are in all of them. If you go look at the Gotti paper, I'll send it to you. They're, in, they're in all of them. Yeah. Now, this, this presentation was given originally where, did you say? 
uh, last week, last Thursday, July 14th in Michigan. I was on a Zoom because I couldn't get there, um, particularly on that day. Um, and uh, it was to this Michigan Health Freedom Conference. And they asked me for the title that I showed you before. Um, I, I showed you before is... They asked me about the rise of chimeric research when you make pieces and parts of viruses right. and them together and into another virus. All vaccines for viral vaccines, just like I said, you can't do it. They ask you on commercials of TV and they're, if they're viral vaccines, they have to be grown either in baccalovirus, in, in insect cell lines, in cows, in monkeys, in, in other human DNA, which so there's ma- massive contamination is what you said. Of everything, everything. And they always have been. That's why they're liable because they, Incl- in, including a lot of unknown contaminants. I'm sure. Correct. Because they never look at them and they know that and they admitted that. And I'll send you the excipient list that shows you these things are there. And this is, yeah. For people to take all this information, which, uh, you know, it's different than than what we're doing with the John Rappaport stuff, but it's really good in the sense that it's this whole presentation. And if they want to take that information, and say for most people, what what is the bottom line message that comes out of all of this massive information? The, the, the bottom line message is never get another shot. Don't ingest or inject genetically modified food, genetically right. modified um, animals, which is every vaccine is a GMO. Every single one since 1986, and none of them have been tested. Not one. We pump that flu vaccine; it's warp speed every year, and all we never test it. Everybody's like, "Oh, it takes 15 years to develop a vaccine." No, it doesn't. And they're just plugging and playing, and they they don't they make a new one every year. Every time you grow that sourdough bread you get the same basic one but you use different cow blood you use right, different right. amino acids you grow it in a fermenter you you slat you centrifuge the whole thing in a case centrifuge our book ending plague ending plague either at plaguethebook.com um the great awakening books.com or the real dr judy you can find our book heavily censored i um i'd encourage you um uh, to and but it's very easy to read and it's it's literally it's it's not that difficult to read and, no, Kenneth that's true. and I, as he always does plague or corruption shows you the same thing these are pandemics so the bottom line for the listening audience is who are you going to trust i didn't tell you my theory i didn't tell you my opinion only one paper two two papers in there were my publications because i've been censored and canceled but every piece of data that's come out in this pandemic and beyond mm-hmm. is 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 100% censored and uh, and and 0% debunked 
disproven or anything else. And every single, so what your audience needs to know is they don't have to worry about the strain du jour. Of course, you're going to get monkeypox. You injected in every polio vaccine. I heard a case of polio today on the, on the Greg Penglis radio show. We were on blog talk radio this morning. Now I'm with, with Jim Thorpe, the, another great one for um, um, a doctor seeing all of the genocide been now that you appreciate the sincitin. Oh no, that's our own God given. If you inject another animal or another human sincitin, you'll, you'll abort your fetuses because of the amount, the sheer amount that you never inject a pregnant woman with anything. And because you right, messed up right. that methylation machine or somebody, a newborn or, or, or. So the message is simple. Never get another shot. They're lying to you. The turn off the TV. Don't ever get another shot. Don't go in those hospitals because don't wear that mask no matter what. It's spreading disease. So you could feel as safe as you want to feel. But look around, folks. Open your eyes. Wake up. Look at me. I got antibodies to Ebola. I got antibodies to every one of those things. And so did my husband. And we hadn't, we had, we used our proof of immunity. We've got to take back our country. God given one nation under God. We can do whatever we want with our bodies. No, thank you. If that's the best abortion pill you've got in the world, which is the COVID-19 shot. Right. Thank you. Bye bye. We're not buying your tums. We're not buying your products, Bayer Monsanto. We're not eating your food. We won't ingest or inject GMO. And we're going back to our communities and taking care of each other and speaking the truth in love. It sounds like setting up a parallel civilization, right? A re- replacement for all this stuff. Correct. But, now, but if you got it anyway. It's all there because we cured AIDS, didn't we? Oh, HIV doesn't cause AIDS anymore. Those folks with XMRV, if they'd only gotten treated, they'd been fine. They still can. Might be uh, something interesting as a segue to go into more when we talk to Reiner. Yeah. Uh, with you and with Pat, if he can come, is because we need to be looking before the old one crashes completely, how to set up the new one and what it'll look like. Oh, yeah, we're already doing it. No worries. They set it up in the Dallas Buyers Club. They set it up in the it, it's it looks like PMAs. Um, and in fact, right. a um, Simone Gold, Gold, mm-hmm. Care, Gold Care. She's setting it up, you know, um, and and so Gold Care, we're going back to your own doctor. You know, you're you, I'll be part of um, Gold Care and any other setup that they want. I'll help them as a Ph.D. I'll, I'll look at things. I'll look at papers. We, we Ph.D.s are not M.D.s and we appreciate that M.D.s have a skill set. We don't have my job is to teach doctors their job is to explain it to patients and they do a great job and i don't do such a great job because the science is complicated but we have to figure out who to trust well it's just you can't if you dumb this down it's simple pcr has nothing to do with a q-tip up your nose that's rape right (laughs) A, a mask is your own personal global warming you don't breathe back in co2 and hypoxia inducible factor one alpha it's called hif one alpha is a blowtorch on cancer nobody with cancer wears a mask other than a silver or copper mask um because it's protective um you can um but no no cancer patient no aids patient i never once i was in the face of the of the 
the, the people that Luke Montagnier, who had AIDS, that he isolated, that's a replication study. You go to the exact same patient and you prove they had virus. Our, our paper was published over and over and over again. We have all the samples. We have all the reagents. We can prove every word I'm saying. Um, and all we need to do is end the censorship and we win this thing because people will wake up. Get Bobby Kennedy's book and you'll see XMRV is not even mentioned. That's how deep this corruption goes. Right. That's how deep this corruption goes. And that's the, the community list, the acknowledgements. I listen to it and um, the acknowledgements are like 20 minutes. It's like, yeah, that's communication. All these doctors, if we speak it and they see it, they know how to heal. Budesonide, we knew how to heal. Peptide T, Dallas Buyers Club, cannabis, it's food. It's not a drug unless you eat it up and poison it. Don't wear a mask. We've got dimethylglycine. What we've got on our website, The Real Dr. Judy, is food. Proline greens, cardio miracle. We can stop the the myocarditis. The healthy people need to know, don't get another shot. Nobody stops hugging anybody. Everybody hug. Everybody (laughs) snuggle because you're going to get whatever they release. You're going to have strong immunity. And then we just have to stand by all these institutions and say, no more. We'll prove our immunity. We're not playing your experiment. We live in a nation where we have our God-given immunity. We can believe our immunity. We don't need to believe the cult of scientism and Tony Fauci. They cannot hack our genomes unless we let them. Don't let anybody shoot you. Don't shoot yourself. I don't know what else to say. Well, one question that comes up from what you just said, although I know we have to stop, but you were saying hugging everybody. There are a lot of people worried about transfection and shedding from the vaccine. What do you think about that? Oh, you will. They they weaponized it to it's not transfection, it's infection on the surfaces. Use um use ozonated oils on your skin, use essential oils, tea tree oil. Again, never put on a mask. Paximmune, type one interferon. Paximmune, it's a nasal spray. It'll it just I just spray it in my nose or in my throat whenever I feel take ivermectin. Everybody should have ivermectin. Your booster is hydroxychloroquine. Take it once a week or once every two weeks is your booster. We'll keep you orally vaccinated. We'll keep you immune. We'll keep your immune system healthy. All the treatments are out there. We know that. And um, yes, you may get sick. We're seeing a lot of skin rashes, but we know how to heal those um, because we've done this autism one, August. You're talking about uh, transmission from touching people who had the shot? Sure. Just just have... Have ozonated oils on your skin. Protect your skin. Don't use those alcohol hand sanitizers. They dry the sequence. They cut your they cut your skin open and they put that micro contamination right in you. Don't kill yourself and you won't have a problem. Right, right, right. I, I worked with it. I'm, I'm I'm that's why I keep showing you. Look how healthy I am. Mm. Yeah, look how healthy I am. My husband's autopsy proved it. He was immune. They call right. it COVID. It will be premeditated murder, Tony Fauci, Newsom, and Robert Levin, because yeah. they did a RICO against me to try and silence me. And 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 that doesn't work very well. They they call me Mighty Mouth. Yeah, that deserves a whole other 
discussion with what happened with that whole situation. Well, we're going to get them. I mean, we've we've already got them. God wins. God wins, and and we've got it because they're killing a lot of Christians. They they tried to kill the Muslims. They they went to you know they you know Tony Fauci. Oh, a black woman made the vaccine. It's okay, folks. No, no, no. We showed those data that I showed you today to to Tony Muhammad, Reverend Farrakhan, and I mean all the doctors that um, were at this meeting right right there. James Lyonsweiler was there. Um, yeah. Dr. New was there on December 18, 2020. Um, we went we went to Chicago and 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 um, Minister Farrakhan said, um, should I recommend this for my people? And at the end of a whole day of this, not just me, but Jack Lineswiler showing them the sequences, showing them what's in the database, Dr. Noenschwinder, who knows, you know, all of this, all of those doctors, many of those doctors right on that screen, um, those were the ones that were in there. And at the end of the day, he recited and he said, I get it. It's not the presence of the virus. It's the expression of the virus. Keep your innate immune system healthy. And, and he recommended probably save the lives of five million members of the Nation of Islam because he said no right. thing. So right. anybody that listens to our spiritual leaders, um, and regardless of your, uh, of your, um, religion, this is who we are. One nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, you know, justice. They've done a lot of damage and they're going to pay for it. Um, yeah. and, and we're not going to let them cremate us all and destroy the evidence. No more cremation, no more testing. Mm. Please mm. do not allow them to test you. They're seeing how good your your their experiment is working they're tracking if they can make people sick and yeah. they oh the shot is doing it please just don't wear a mask don't get a shot don't go right. near a hospital go go to gold care go to flcc.net go to stella emmanuel go to all of these people dr parks is there christine right. is in the middle of this miss united healthcare summit it, it's probably available online um, you can still sign up and see it recorded, um, I, but might cost a few dollars. But um, and and you'll find all of these talks that I've given in the last decades in in my in, on that website. Uh, yeah, I think, as far as Farrakhan is concerned, I think he was warning members of the Nation of Islam about other vaccines before this too. That's correct. I heard and, that. And correct. I'll, I'll text you from from Dr. Aleem. I call him Dr. Aleem, mm-hmm. an ABC News hit piece in 1992 that yeah. said he was taking advantage of black people by by selling them at exorbitant prices. This type one interferon play spray called Paximune. It wasn't exorbitant prices any more than the cannabis is because they taxed the hell out of it in the FDA. So you can see how they hit peace and they they to make a black man look bad and try to pit the nation of Islam against Christians or anybody else. That's what they're doing right now. Right. These are hate crimes. And we need to, to we need to prosecute them as premeditated murder, just like David Martin is saying. It's either murder right. by Remdesivir, murder by intubation, because SARS-CoV-2 never did cause COVID by everything we've said today. 
that the SARS-CoV-2, the monkey virus, was never isolated from a single person with COVID. No, that would have been XMRV or HIV or one of the other viruses that I showed you in the bat cave. was there in 2011. If people will just wake up and stop listening, just turn it off. Never get your kids another shot. You'll be fine. Don't eat GMO. Don't ingest it and don't inject it and you'll be fine. Well, you've got one other major uh, threat to the kids that I don't think we mentioned, and that's uh, sending them to school. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Again, if they require a shot or a mask, don't send them. Yeah. So we do need new schools. We need another community. We need to go back to our roots. We need to go back to our constitutional republic, and we got a whole bunch of people working on that. Yeah, it's exciting. So there goes Dr. Judy Mikovits, you guys. And um, I have to admit, I totally failed in trying to keep it simple and uh, conventional language. She's just got so much to say, and it's very sophisticated stuff from her career as a laboratory scientist uh, working in virology for all those years. And she's got the government seal of approval to a great degree because they've arrested her, put her in prison, done all kinds of stuff. So they really didn't like what she was doing. Very brave lady doing this show with us right after or soon after the death of her, her husband, uh, David at the hands of the hospital. Um, Incredible person and scientist, Dr. Judy Mikovits. And I have some websites that we wrote down that I wanted to make sure you have a chance to write down or remember. Uh, her main website is the com. Lots of information there about protocols and supplements and healing in general. And then there's plaguethebook.com. Plague is P-L-A-G-U-E. Plaguethebook.com. She's got three three books that she's written with co-authors in the Plague series. And uh, the other one is, um, the, I think I wrote the Great, the Great Awakening Books, plural, books.com, thegreatawakeningbooks.com. Those are the main sites to take a look at. And as she uh, reminded me, it's important to see the series called Plandemic, uh, which I never got a chance to do, and I want to do that. Um, the main thing is she's emphasizing self-education, become aware, become conscious, bring in the energy and the frequency of love instead of fear, instead of hatred. She said, remember, I don't hate anybody, and I think that's really good advice. Even the bad guys are victims, and I I don't say that lightly. You know, they're spirit like we are under mountains of evil programming. And the only way I know of to help them, since most of them are not open to discussion at this point, is to become what you are and affect them that way. And that can start right away. It's the most satisfying thing to do and the most productive if you want to help the world. It's not what you say. It's the energy that gets embedded in your words, and that's from who you are. So... I think Dr. Judy would second that right away and say, start on it right now, not just today, but this minute. And it goes along with what we're 
talking about with Lost Arts Radio and Planetary Healing Club all the time is become aware of your thoughts and emotions and say, is that the world I want to live in? If that would manifest, you know, there are people who talk about manifesting things that you want. So if the emotions that you're carrying around would manifest right away, is that something that you would like? And if not, you might want to consider changing it because the secret is it's manifesting now in different ways that are not obvious, and you can change that. So remember to stay in touch with us at lostartsradio.com. We'll keep putting up Voice in the Wilderness videos as often as possible, as well as these weekly shows. And we've got one coming up with uh, Judy coming back, Dr. Mikevitz coming back, along with uh, her associates, Reiner Fulmeck and Patrick uh, Patrick Wood, who's been on the show before. So that's going to be good. It could happen as early as next week. I don't know yet. We're waiting to find out. Um, in the meantime, the main thing is take good care of yourself. You're really important to the future of the world and become what you already are consciously. And that can spread pandemic of something positive and wash away all the junk that's threatening the existence of life on our planet right now. So don't underrate yourself. Take care. And uh, that's the best way to help everybody who's around you. Have a good week, and we'll see you here next time. Have a good night. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level, from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big text platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. 
The sign up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channel at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Would you wish that you 
Oh, that you could be invisible Live your life and leave no tracks Oh, that you'd be the most beautiful And have the world lounge at your feet ah, I know I'd pass on all of these If I could only learn to heal Heal the hatred and heal the wars Clean the slates that hold the scars Heal the health and all the pain Heal everything driving us insane Heal the present and heal the past Heal the planet so it will last Heal the marriage that's on the rocks Heal the hearts encased in locks Heal the fears that hold you back And help to get your life on track Heal the government of corporate whores Who rob us blind and block the doors Lord 